Joined today by E. Hello. And Robbie. Hey. And the rare Dion. Yay, hello. He's here. I'm here. A rare Dion sighting. <laughs> so yeah, of course, another double feature, still Halloween. We're still doing those for this. The entire month of Halloween. Uh, yeah, the entire month of Halloween. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a month long. Um, I'm going to be honest with everybody. I got real bored with slashers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Already. We watched three and a half. <laughs> Like, if we could marathon one of the series, that would be great. It would be super boring for the people listening. And me, probably, and too. And you, probably. <laughs> but, like, watching the first of all these slasher genres, or slasher series, uh, turns out I didn't like that even. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that a lot of the original slasher movies weren't really all that interesting. Yeah. Like what most pop culture is of those movies is what happens afterwards. Yeah, it turns out the series later on for all of those are the parts that are actually fun. Yeah. <laughs> so... My bad. Anyway, so we're not doing slashers today. We're going to be doing The Exorcist and The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which, since it's a double feature, we already watched those, and we all already have opinions brewing in our brains about it. Not me. No opinions. Apparently, okay, you three of us have opinions. You're off the show, then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we really start talking about that, I'm going to start over here with Robbie. Hey. How's life been going? What's new? Uh, I was actually really tired this week. Uh most of working um ended up waking up or i guess not waking up because i was awake but like tired at work um i think the most interesting that happened like the movie from place to place uh one day they had me just like sanding nails and uh, i was switching out the uh the belt sander and i got myself quite the paper cut on the belt sander oh good yeah which is where i got oh good i uh, just with yeah. my eyes i'm seeing that thing you should, yeah, you could see it from four feet away. You guys should be happy. <laughs> you can't studio see it. live. <laughs> it's kind of. I mean, gross. to be fair, it's not. It's definitely not nearly as bad as a time that, like, I was washing dishes and one of your cups bit me. <laughs> yeah, that was my bad. I kind of knew that cup was broken. And I just never said anything. So <laughs> yeah, that's I found out the hard yeah. way. I feel like you should have noticed there was just broken glass in the in the sink at that point but you know so it was, also, it was also weird because i was like hey robbie hold this broken glass I'm like, okay i guess i'll wash it should have known you had a sentient cup is really what <laughs> <laughs> no it just had a chip and robbie was washing the dishes and it broke had yeah a chip it, on his shoulder yeah for revenge <laughs> well you're not dead you didn't that, lose a that's finger. also fair yeah, yeah i didn't lose a finger <laughs> good um other than that i think the only thing is uh had a barbecue at work on thursday because like every now and then they tie try to Letting us up to keep us there. Um, <laughs> they give you a reason to stay. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the like the most notable thing about that barbecue is like we had uh, um, hamburgers, hot dogs, and bratwursts. And I don't know where the hell our supervisor got those bratwursts, but like compared to the bun length hot dogs that they had there, it was like you versus the guy she tells you not to worry about kind of comparison between oh. them. They were the <laughs> largest bratwurst I've ever seen in my entire life. Huh. Pretty good though. Well, good. <laughs> okay. Uh, e. Hello. What's new with you? What's been going on? Uh, so, on one of my days off, I had no internet. 
the whole damn day. Oh, what? Your Yay. internet went out too again? So did Sam's. Cool. Lovely. Um, Ours didn't. <laughs> I mean, I, the last time there was internet issues, I was at work, and it was the work's internet that went out, not my, not mine. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so I just didn't have internet for one of my only days off that week. You just sat there staring at Meg. No, um, <laughs> I was really mad because I really wanted to work on my game, but I kind of can't if I can't look up if I'm having issues. <laughs> I right. need to look stuff up. Yeah. Um, so I just played my DS basically all of that day. <laughs> good. Sounds like a good day to me. It was. I mean, I played a pretty great games. Well, a pretty great game and a, and a pretty mediocre not. game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then immediately the next day at work. There just was an issue, and we just had to close the store for a while. And everyone but me and a manager got to go home. Oh. I had to stay. Yay. Like, everybody leave. Wait, E, where are you going? <laughs> I, I just had, I basically just pulled the wrong straw. I was there for 30 minutes later in my shift, technically. Lame. And since I was the last person, they just made me stay. How long? Uh, Like, two hours. Just sitting there? I had a clean shit. Oh. <laughs> I was like, wow, that sure sucks. <laughs> oh, well, damn. Yeah. He was like, huh, the internet's down again. Pulled out his DS, and the manager looked at him and was like, oh, I'll give him something to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I probably could have got away just milking around on my phone, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, quite the series of unfortunate events for E here. Yeah, that sounds like two not fun days. It was very much two not fun days. Oh, well. Maybe next time, fun days. Next maybe. week? Maybe. Next time, the next days. The next. Yeah. Um. Cool. Dion, what's been going on with you? Uh, not much, really. I've just been living. Uh, beat a game yesterday. That was cool. cool. It was called Katana Zero. I haven't heard of it. It's, it's, it's it an indie cool. game. <laughs> yeah, it's very dark. Uh, Devolver Digital. What do they do? They like, produce They're or publishers? Like, yeah, yeah, they publish a lot of their games are just cool. Yeah, they publish a lot of weird. That's stuff. why they publish yeah. them. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I like them a lot. But so I try to play most of their games. But I really enjoyed it. It was like a four-hour short type of game. You know, like a side-scrolly pixel graphics type of thing. But it was very dark story. So that was cool. That was great. Yeah, it was dope. And I've just been doing a lot of art lately because of Halloween all month. You know. Yeah. It's the Halloween month. It's Halloween so month. Every Halloween. Yeah, I always do art uh, challenges in October where I do like more ink, traditional stuff. So I've been doing that, and that gets taxing very quickly <laughs> when I have to do a drawing every day and make sure yeah. one's done and try to stay ahead. Can't wait till December where I do the same thing. And then I also do, yeah, like other art while doing that. And then I do our channel that we started. So. It's e a lot of art. D doodles. D and E doodles. D doodles. I've gotten the it's name alphabetical. wrong every single time. <laughs> yeah, like D and D, but D and E doodles. Mm -hmm. uh, check us out if you like drawing and art things and fun commentary. I have checked it out. Yay! We you have, have scathing reviews. You're the only dislike on any of our videos. I just every I I only comment on your videos too, and it's just a frowny face every time. <laughs> yeah, he just puts <laughs> thumbs down on every video. <laughs> And he's like, it's really just to make you guys better. You have to realize. Yeah, it's <laughs> constructive criticism, guys. Can't you take criticism? <laughs> but yeah, doing a lot of art. So that's cool because just more practice. And that's always a good thing. Yeah. Um, other than that, working from home, you know, the usual. Still doing that. Still doing that. It's tight. 
Yeah. I honestly enjoy it because I can put more time into like art and other things I want to do. So yeah, so just sitting around your office being like, I guess I'm just here for a while. Just yeah. reading manga. <laughs> Literally, because I'm like, I have nothing to do. Guess I'll read manga. Yeah. I've been trying, I've been applying for it at my job too. They haven't given it to me yet, but I'm really hoping. The manga reading position? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. You can get in. Cool. Uh, Yeah, like nothing new on my end. Finally finished like a bunch of series. We got Apple Plus mm. after like a long time of trying to remember Liz's Apple ID stuff. I thought you found it when we watched the greatest movie of all time, Eddie and Eddie's Big Picture Show. No, I made a new Apple ID for that. Oh. <laughs> but to find... okay, <laughs> so, so you can I... buy Eddie and Eddie's Big Picture Show again now. Oh, I already did. He lied. <laughs> uh, I learned an awful thing about Apple. They if suck? you have an Apple ID... No, I knew that part. If you have an Apple ID and you don't have an Apple device anymore, it's kind of a bitch to like get your password back. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had to do it. For Liz, literally, on my phone. They, like, have an app for it, and you have to go through a whole process just to reset your password. You can't just, like, do it like every other thing in the world. No, 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 because no. it's Apple. You, you need to do it on their products. You so... want to make sure that everything in your house is an Apple product. Jariah, why don't you just set up a virtual machine on your computer, pay for a new version of Mac OS onto the virtual machine, and do it from there? You're right. I should have thought about that. It was yeah. foolish of me. I would have saved you time. <laughs> it cost you only like $300. Yeah, that's best. easy. Yeah, all easy, it cost easy. was a waste of my time. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was dumb. Apple Plus kind of sucks, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's no movies on there. on there. I don't even know why we got it. Like, Ted Lasso's on there and Jon Stewart. And I watched a show that I'll be talking about on live that I thought was actually kind of bad. But I watched all of it. <laughs> you keep doing that. Uh, yeah, I did that with two series this week, actually. Oh, good. Yeah, we'll, I'll talk about both of those. It's... See, what the secret is, is I need to present it to you. Then you'll never want to watch it. Harakiri? <laughs> Just stuff he Wait. talked about in general, I think. Yeah, because like, I can't remember the name of the movie that everybody knows the name of, and I'm considered like an outcast for not liking it. Black and white. Of the same Rashomon? Rashomon, Rashomon that's the uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People don't like me when I tell them I don't like that movie. <laughs> a, I mean, it's a cultural pivot, pivot stone. We basically watched Rashomon again tonight. It's fine. What? Did we? Kind of. What? I have a reference. I'm actually, I was actually going to talk about that, too. That's funny. We yeah. will, I guess. Yeah, we will. I'm, the, what? Yeah, I actually kind of agree with him on that. Like the, there, It was a pivotal turning point in horror for The Exorcist. Sure. Um, but yeah, enough of that stuff. Let's get on to the movies. Yeah. Think all hooray. two of them. All two movies. Yay. Which uh, I'll say, Exorcist, by a show of voices starting from my left, who's seen it? Me. Me. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, the exorcism of Emily Rose, I think, is a more complicated question because... Oh, by the way, I've seen Exorcist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, exorcism of Emily Rose, I had seen it in a less than legal fashion when it first came out way back in the day, and so I didn't remember a whole lot about it, actually. So I had technically seen it, but really, this is my first time seeing it. Dion, I'm kind of on the same thing because I watched it definitely, but I don't. I remembered hardly anything yeah. from it. I had seen. All right, I had seen it whenever it first came out, but I think we had rented it because rental stores were still a thing when this movie <laughs> came out. Um, I had watched it around that time, and 
Uh, I will say, like, whenever I saw we we're going to be watching it today, I told Liz, I was like, oh, we get to watch one good exorcism movie and one bad exorcism movie, which is probably a bad thing to say about that, but we'll get into that. <laughs> Robbie, spoilers! <laughs> Robbie, spoiling! <laughs> you didn't know which one. <laughs> I didn't say which one's which. Yeah. Uh, e? Low. You hadn't seen it? <laughs> no. Nah. Yeah. I watched a lawyer talk about how realistic the court battle was. What? Yeah. Like on the internet? It was. Yeah. Wait, like while we were watching this? <laughs> yeah. Because it, it was, <laughs> That's it was going so on boring. That's this entire time? <laughs> but no, I didn't actually watch the movie, and I only remember that after we finished. I was like, oh yeah, I watched something about that. Huh. It is. How, yeah, we'll how realistic was it? How, how would it it's actually be? fairly realistic. Yeah. Cool. I have a couple fun facts about it. I don't have much about it. It's just Emily Rose, because... It's not... It wasn't your first choice. <laughs> I neither of these were my first choice actually today. It was a whole. It was a mess. Dion knows it was yeah. a. It was like a catastrophe. We're for gonna a few watch hours. Lucy as I called it. Yeah. <laughs> what are you watching, Lucy? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we were gonna watch Carrie, and then I realized like I don't like Carrie at all, and so like why am I gonna force people to watch something I don't even enjoy? <laughs> so we can all roast it together. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to start off with. The Exorcist. The oldest movie in mankind. No? Uh, no, but a lot of like horror people would make you think it is, honestly. I, yeah. As, <laughs> a lot, how people talk about this, I thought this was going to be like made in 1927. <laughs> be great. Um, so the version that we watched was the 2000 cut of it, which is the extended director's cut. It was made... The unrated sp- cut. No, this Ooh. one is rated, actually. Uh, director's cut, which, speaking of rating is rated R for strong language and disturbing images, which there is a lot of strong language. And a disturbing, disturbing image. Disturbing images uh, depends on what you find disturbing, I guess, or Needles. if you're afraid of JPEGs. <laughs> or, yeah, those are kind of scary. Yeah, JPEGs can... They have so many artifacts on them. Ugh, so much <laughs> low res. Oh, my God. <laughs> PNGs so... are superior. <laughs> Get a bitmap instead. <laughs> um... Which is a bit longer. It has a couple of extra scenes in there. They're yeah. kind of small scenes, but they're there. I was curious because, again, I haven't seen the original Exorcist. Mm-hmm. And I sure didn't know what was supposed to not be there, I guess. Sometimes yeah. I could guess with the movie what was the cut stuff, but I, for the most part, couldn't hear. Yeah, because it was all intended to be in the movie. But most of the stuff that was cut out was stuff that was cut for practical reasons of, like, if this is in the movie, it's going to look fake as fuck. So nice. take that out. And then with it being a new restoration that came out in 2000, this cut of it anyway, um, they were able to like digitally remove wires and stuff, so you can have a couple shots in there. That ended up being shots that people found very disturbing when they saw it mm-hmm. years later, which is kind of cool, but kind of also weird. A weird zeitgeist thing. But the movie is 132 minutes long, which is 2 hours and 12 minutes. <laughs> I already watched it, and I'm still going to. Uh, 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 came out in 1973. The uh, places you can watch it with the <laughs> just the year. Ugh. That's the worst That's, year. That was a terrible year. Uh, you can watch it with premium subscriptions on YouTube TV, Sling TV, Fubo TV, and Philo or Philo. I don't know how you say that. All still. the two Philo? letters. All the two syllables. Yeah. And then you can rent it from YouTube for 2.99, Google Play, and TV for 2.99, and TV. I don't know. That's how I wrote it down. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have cable TV, it's on AMC all the time. That's what the internet said. 
Yeah. So, that's Especially true. during this mm-hmm. time, like uh, whenever AMC does all their like uh, Halloween movie marathons, it actually shows up quite a bit. They actually sh- just showed this one for three days straight. Actually, I think there is like a channel that shows like this for like 48 hours straight, kind of like how they do for Christmas Story at Christmas. That's fair. But that's a 24 hour marathon. The now, funny parts about those is when I was younger, I would do sometimes like check those channels, but I would start in like a random position. And just watch until I reach that position again, basically. Huh. <laughs> I mean, it works. That's what it they did, want you to yeah. do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it was, I just like thought about that when I got older. I was like, why did I do that? You could just <laughs> keep rewatching your favorite parts over and over. That's true. Mm. It's like, ooh, is this the part where they eat a pizza? Nice. And then I switch off. <laughs> <laughs> it's scene selection before there was scene selection. <laughs> uh, before we start going on, let's read the back of the box real quick and then get on with it. All right. Controversial and popular from the moment it opened, The Exorcist endures as a defining classic that influenced movies afterwards and still shocks and haunts today. The frightening and realistic tale of an innocent girl inhabited by a terrifying entity, her mother's frantic resolve to save her, and two priests, one doubt-ridden and the other a rock of faith, joined in battling ultimate evil always leaves viewers breathless. In the extended director's cut, director William Friedkin and producer-screenwriter William Peter Blatty integrated over 10 minutes of footage deleted from the film's 1973 release. They include moments deepening the impact of a first-rate ensemble's remarkable performance and reinforcing the film's grip on its audience. A phenomenon of its time, and for all time, The Exorcist astonishes and unsettles like no other movie. Really hyped itself up there, huh? Oh, yeah. A little bit up its own ass, if you will. But yeah, that's that. Um, I guess let's get into people's non-spoilery thoughts on some stuff here. Let's start with the person who hasn't seen it before. Okay. E. I think this movie's very boring. I saw that coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think there is. I, this is going to be a similar thing I said, I think, last week. I think there's like five minutes that is interesting in this movie that is 132 minutes long. Okay. Okay. Um, I, people have seen this movie can probably guess what five minutes I think is interesting. <laughs> I I think I disagree with that, but that's kind of actually I don't I don't think I disagree with you, <laughs> but I just think I like the boring bits still. I just don't like I think mm. a lot of the interest or the the issue for me is I just don't find the dialogue very interesting at all. Like it's very like like stale bread. I would agree considered. with you for like the first twenty minutes. But I think there's a lot of interesting stuff in there with the priest whose name I don't remember. Damien. Kalen. Damien. Yeah. You're right, Rob. Damien. Um, I'm terrible with names. <laughs> it's okay. So am I. <laughs> but yeah, Damien. Like, I honestly think that his acting and his character were just fun to watch. Like, he seems like a conflicted person. Yeah. I feel like he said that a lot. I don't feel like I felt that from him. No? No. I did. I think I felt that through that. I guess I guess that's an interesting thing for that one because it kind of these kind of movies like exorcism movies or movies about faith or whatever sort of do depend on how much you believe what the character is going through. Yeah. So it it kind of depends on like maybe not how gullible you are, but how willing. <laughs> that's like, a very <laughs> weird way to put it. Depends like how, how stupid you are. <laughs> you're a it's, fucking dumbass, yeah. I guess. <laughs> just saying you. Yeah, I know. That's you apparently. <laughs> yeah. I don't like. It's not, I don't know, maybe if it was a different part of my life, I would be more willing to believe, but, like, I'm at a part where I just feel like, yep, they checked the boxes for conflicted, (laughs) 
religious person. <laughs> That's just kind of what it felt like. I mean, I shouldn't be too hard on this movie because it was made in 1973. Yeah. And that was probably that. much crazier of a concept back then. For sure. The whole thing was just kind of crazy for people. Yeah. It's yeah. it's the movie known for like having craziness in the theater and like having to have paramedics present and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the actress who played the mom, whose name, I, of course, I can't fucking remember. Karen. Yeah, I'll Robbie will pull it. them all up. Yeah. <laughs> But she, like, went to go to a screening of the movie in some town, and she, like, hit all of her face and stuff like that. And she went Just to like sc- she does in the movie. God, I bet, really actually. Does. But she, like, did that and went to a screening. And there's, like, a part when everybody in the theater kind of freaks out and starts fainting and, like, going into episodes. Or at the time, that's what's happening. And one of the people did that, and she, like, helped them out. And she's like, if I stick around and, like, if I'm here when this person wakes up, they're going to freak out more because they're not going to know what's happening because they just mm. saw me on screen and now I'm here. So I should leave and get somebody else to help. And so she did. Nice. <laughs> but God, yeah. imagine how much that would fuck you up if like, you got so terrified from a movie <laughs> right? and the first thing you see when you wake up is the thing that was there when you were terrified. <laughs> is Linda Blair in full makeup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, like that's. I think that's one of the craziest things for me is how crazy this movie was for its time yeah mm-hmm. yeah because i think i actually honestly do think that for all the movies that we've been watching like all the special effects and stuff like that when their special effect has been happening in like it's like friday the 13th or nightmare on elm street ow i just <laughs> dropped the case on my dick um <laughs> very specifically on the dick <laughs> right on the tip um you're like able to tell the special effects mm-hmm. but i think with this one for the most part like they're fairly seamless, I yeah, would say. Yeah, I think this one holds up the, yeah. one of the best, if not the best, so far of what we've watched. Yeah, I think there's a couple. Discounting where... the one that came out in... No, actually, including the exorcism <laughs> of Emily Rose, now that I think about the effects in that movie. I agree. Um, <laughs> like, the only thing is, like, I poke fun at some of the wires and stuff, but really, they didn't have much option. Yeah, that was kind <laughs> what of... What are they going to do? Get someone to actually float her? And you knew there was wires, so you were looking for it, probably. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I would just notice the wire shadows. Because we were talking about that before, though. So I, I feel mean, like yeah. it was in the forefront of your brain when Probably. you watched that. So you were like, where's the wires? And Yeah. Mm, yeah. Maybe. Because we did say that there was like some sto- stories behind some of the wires and yeah, stuff yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Which we talked about on a live show, but we'll bring it up again here. Because I think since this is the place for people going to The Exorcist, they would probably be mad if we didn't mention the things that everybody mentions about The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is such like a weird zeitgeist piece of film because it's so culturally relevant for most people religion is ubiquitous most people are religious so the fact that there's this movie that comes out and is like we're gonna do that thing that everyone has rumors about in the church and we're going to show you graphically everything we're going to perform it graphically and you're going to face head on with everything that's happening here and there really wasn't anything that was that intense at that point like I would say without knowing for a fact and just pulling this out of my ass, Psycho was probably <laughs> the last thing that, like, really shocked people and, like, pushed a bunch of boundaries. Like, in this way, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, also look at some of the movies you watched the past couple of weeks, too. Like, you know, Halloween and Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. And realize, like, those movies were considered to be, like, very graphic and very shocking even for right. the time. And they came out after this movie. Yeah. 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 So I think that that's kind of the thing that's interesting and, like, just the fact that I don't know how much this holds up now, but it's 
I think one of the highest, if not the highest, R-rated horror movies for the box office. Like it's made the most. I didn't go through and check like current listings and for inflation and stuff like that, but it made it was it had the record for a very long time. I'm not sure if it held up past when it came out because it was it a huge success. <laughs> it was it. It was the fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, so boring. Boring. Okay. Um. <laughs> I I wouldn't say like visually or anything it aged, but I think story wise it aged not great. But that's just because when things are such milestones, a lot of things will take from them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, Dion. Mm-hmm. What are your non-spoiler thoughts on The Exorcist? Uh, I still like it a lot. I think it's a timeless piece of work and very pivotal in the horror genre. Basically anything like with the possession, they all like started doing stuff from that movie. Like a lot of that was all just drawn from them starting this kind of wave, I feel like, of the possession movies because people were scared to go there, I feel like, before this movie happened. And it was so shocking at the time Then it went there and actually showed you, uh, like you were talking about, in a really graphic fashion. Yeah. So I think just because of that, I can understand what he's saying about watching it now and it just kind of being stale a little bit especially in the beginning for yeah for sure i agree with that because yeah it definitely picks up at a point and gets very like much more exciting and engaging but definitely like the first 20 minutes for sure it's kind of a lull but even like this the dialogue is like man these are the most fucking milk toast motherfuckers i really (laughs) i did want to ask what do you what did you think about like the detective character because i actually like that guy i love the detective. yeah yes thank you i don't I don't. <laughs> so you're soulless. Is what you're telling me you're yeah. soulless. I, I I don't know. Like, what, what character really is he, though? Like, he's just a detective. He's the cool detective character. He's the cool detective guy that, like, invites everybody to go watch films with him. Whatever he can say, I'm like, I already <laughs> I was, saw the I movie. thought that was just him being like, oh, I'm going to fucking squeeze some info out of them. Ha-ha. Yeah, I just liked how he acted it, though. Yeah, I don't know. Like that. He was that character, like, very well, I feel like. Just he portrayed him well. I don't yeah. Like, again, I think this is just a thing I'm coming in, like, almost 50 years after a fact. Yeah, it's it's almost yeah. 50 years after the movie. Came Maybe because he's cuz like seen, I've seen yeah. these I've seen detectives like this and I think I've seen stuff that does it better again almost 50 years after the fact, so I'd be very disappointed if I had it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I just he doesn't like he's there. That, I, yeah. I don't even know if I think the movie needs him, honestly. Yeah, he's a fun character, I think. I just think like I watch these types of movies with the Going into it with the mindset that it is older, and for I watch it like for what time it was in, not for like now standards, basically. And it still holds up as like a good movie, in my opinion, now as well. Just, um, besides the fact of you know how iconic it was at the time, I think it still holds a lot of relevance in the like horror community, yeah. And is it will always be like talked about as one of the best. For an era, for sure, of, you know, horror. Absolutely. I would say that as exorcist movies go or exorcism movies go, um, despite what the back of the box on the Exorcism of Evelyn Rose states, uh, at the very <laughs> top of it, this has a quote, <laughs> which I'll, I'll, ta- I'll say when we get to that. But I, I don't think that an exorcism movie hit quite the heights as the exorcist until I'm going to say The Conjuring, honestly. Yeah, I was just about to say, besides The Conjuring, I can't think of a possession movie, really, that they're all like they're all always like subpar 
yeah. when trying to attempt something as good as what the Exorcist did. Yeah, yeah. And I think you can see like direct knockoff shots almost mm-hmm. in The Conjuring, referencing yeah. back to The Exorcist, just of like, he knows where he was inspired from, and he's going to let you know that this is where he was inspired from. Yeah. Yeah, just to sum it up, I just think it's a, uh, you know, without talking, because, you know, we'll get into the plot and stuff. It's just a good piece of film, in my opinion, and um, definitely iconic horror. Like, you, if you, you know, are into horror, this is probably one you've already seen and uh, still would recommend to anyone else getting into horror. Like, if they you asked you to make a list of what old horror movies should I watch to start getting into the genre, this would be at the top of the list, probably. Yeah. This is one of the top, you know, three or five movies that I would tell someone to watch yeah like that's that's kind of something that was somewhat a goal of this halloween series this year was like we we're everybody in my circle you me robbie sam rocky everyone that's not me everyone that's yeah. not you like <laughs> we love horror and yeah. we like what the okay. genre does i guess i do also like horror i just am less versed in it right like that's yeah. the thing like my goal was to kind of give e the building blocks to like here is where horror com- has come from. Here's, like, the building blocks that everyone's been working on since that, mm-hmm. basically. And, like, for slashers, that really... There there were slashers before Halloween. Yeah. There were. There were I a mean, bunch. Psycho. Psycho, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Man and Sundown or whatever that movie's called. I don't like it very much. It's really boring. Oh, The Town That Dreaded Sundown. The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Yeah, like, that came before Halloween. That did a lot of the same things Halloween did. But I don't think it did it as well. Like, I, when I say Halloween started what the modern slasher genre is... It started what the modern slasher genre is. Like, the tropes you see in Halloween are carried forth in every other slasher movie from that point on. Yep. So, like, to me, that really is the start of it. And for me, Exorcist is the start of the supernatural genre, really. Like, this is where people started being like, okay, we can tell ghost stories. We can tell stories about demons. We can go into this territory and say, this is what this is, instead of, ooh, it's a ghost. Yeah, stories about hauntings. Like, we can start. When yeah. did uh, Amityville come out? 1979, I believe. I think okay. it was later 70s. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think this was like the first, you know, supernatural, like haunting, real scary movie that came out. Like, they probably, you know, had some before, like, but they were the cheesy, like, 50s, just, yeah. um, what's the one, Black Sabbath or something? It's like a That's 1960s a film, but she's just like a white ghost in makeup. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's yeah, nothing yeah. scary about anything <laughs> supernatural up till this point, really, I feel like. Yeah. Where it really shocked audiences. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, that's what the goal was. Like, give E the building blocks to be able to say, like, this is where they all started. And maybe give him the idea of, like, what things he's more interested in in horror. Because we can all say we love horror, but there's different things that we all appreciate about horror. Most likely. Yeah. Most likely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, before I go off on another rant, Robbie, yeah. your thoughts on The Exorcist non-spoilery? So non-spoilery, I do still like this movie. Uh, I, I've seen it a lot because this is, I think the very first time I saw this movie, I was like 10 years old and they put me in a dark room and had me watch it. Not good. <laughs> yeah. And you tried to do the same to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it was daylight when I showed it to you. But mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. And uh. Dry was like, why are you boarding up all the windows? <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you get a crucifix out? <laughs> um. But, like, I think it was probably the first movie that I personally saw that, like, really got me into horror. Like, that made me think of, like, what more is there, is there horror-wise? Like, 
what else can I watch? It's like this. I want this level of horror more often. Yeah. And so I do have like a bit of that nostalgia. Um, I know E finds a lot of the stuff that happens before boring in the movie, but I think it creates a lot of world building for what happens in the movie. And it gives a lot of reason behind everything and like kind of, it's less of just like, oh, well, this is obviously a demon possession. We need a priest. It's like, no, like they did all this stuff to exhaust their uh, resources and like, you know, kind of brought the building blocks and kind of gave it a, a very good foundation on whenever things get exciting in the movie, like why it gets, uh, you know, how, how it got to that point. Yeah, I agree with you because I think that's a, what we've talked about it a lot before, but modern horror movies and a lot of the times forget that they have to build the tension before they get to that climax exactly they just try to have the climax constantly yeah so it is slow at the beginning of the movie but it is a lot of crucial world building and i think that all the actors did a great job on this movie too like most of them i won't say all of them but most of them are very high tier actors uh who told compelling stories like each of them felt like they had their own story to tell in yeah. this movie um so yeah like it's I don't think it holds the same esteem that it did whenever I was a kid, but I still think it's a good movie. Yeah. Cause... I mean, I imagine this would be the scariest fucking shit if you saw it when you were yeah, less 10. than <laughs> yeah, when you were not a teenager even yet. Oh, yeah. It fucked me up when I was a kid when Robbie showed it to me. There, There's this JPEG of this face that I would say a lot of people have seen, even inadvertently if they didn't know E, for yeah, instance. Um, it actually was a very common picture to use for jump scares in the early internet. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like those mazes and stuff like that would happen yeah, a lot. Yeah, because like, I actually did, after watching this, a lot of those jump scares are just from this movie, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. turns out this was the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I lost track. Uh, you were very scared as a kid of the- Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, as a kid, like, there's that JPEG that pops up every now and again of just the white face. And it's when the face pops up in the kitchen <laughs> when the mother is, like, going and checking on everything. When I was a kid, Robbie was showing me this movie, and that popped up. I was like, no, I'm done, Robbie. You have to turn it off. He's like, but, like, nothing's happened. Just a I'm like, no, Robbie, you have to turn it off. I'm done. I can't handle this. I'm too scared. And I had nightmares for, like, two weeks. Dang. <laughs> yeah, it fucked me up as a and kid. I was like, dang, it's a JPEG. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'm 20. I mean, my 20s. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you're seeing it after, like, scarier movies the, i guess yeah so i feel like well, also the internet has you know kind of yeah that's one thing like i've seen many jump scares so like just a literal jpeg isn't as powerful to me yeah after being kind of weaned off of that kind of shock horror and like that's the thing though i don't even consider it like shock horror or like a jump scare no like i would say this is none of the scares in this movie are jump scares yeah they all whether whether you were scared by it or not, I feel like all the scares were earned. Mm-hmm. Whether you're scared by yeah. it or not is a whole different thing. Yeah, but I feel like they earn all the shock. Like, and yeah, none of it. Like it wasn't just woo screeching sound. Yar. Yeah, like we'll, we'll get to later. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, go on, Robbie. Was that it? For the most part, yeah. Like, uh, there is still some nostalgia to it. Uh, it there is some age to this movie. I will say. Um. Also, like E had said, the internet had kind of JPEGed it to death and used it for like all the jump scares and the early days of um, flash animation and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. But part of it has to do with the fact that this movie is a staple of horror. Like this is kind of for the longest time, it was the golden standard of horror. Even uh, 
and which is why it's kind of been shown to death at this point, but it's because of, you know, the quality that they made this movie with. Yeah, there was a lot of love and passion and blood mm-hmm. and tears and chunks of bone put into this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's kind of obvious my opinion on this movie at this point. I really do enjoy it. I agree that it's slow and boring for a bit of it, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I don't... But it's very c- purposeful. Yeah. You don't agree on my opinion that there's five minutes of entertainment. <laughs> yeah, I don't agree with that yeah. because I even the boring parts, I feel, build up the tension well enough. Because I don't, if you had, if you didn't have all of these slow, boring parts and building it up and giving these little itty bit parts of story, when things finally do start happening in the last 10, 15, five minutes or whatever, I don't think that would matter nearly as much, honestly, because you didn't get that build up. Yeah. It kind of falls under the thing of like, oh no, this happened to this person, but why should I care? Exactly. And I think that this gives you the reasons to care and it gives you enough mystery and it gives you enough questions and kind of what you ever believe in. Maybe it gives you answers, too. Maybe not. But that also depends on you, I think. But yeah, I enjoy The Exorcist quite a bit. And I like that some parts are boring. <laughs> yeah. I, always, I always forget how long it takes to get to the actual like exorcism part. Yeah. Because every time, every, it happens every time I rewatch the movie. I'm like... This is still going on. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, Cause I just remember the iconic parts and like yeah. the certain scenes that I just love. Yeah. And so that's like what sticks with me when I think of this movie. But then yeah. I like always forget there's like 40 minutes before <laughs> a lot of the things I like. I mean, it's it's kind of like home alone in that regard yeah. where everyone remembers the big parts of yeah. home alone and not literally the entire movie basically yeah, that led like, you there. Turns out home alone is like 90% not home alone that you remember, yeah. <laughs> which at the very start of this podcast, episode three or something, right? Yeah, we, we got that. that. Yeah, Good reminder. <laughs> I mean, I just learned You that. just learned it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So, E, boring. Me, think good. Dion, think good. Yeah. Robbie, think good? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a good starting ground to go on with the discussion of the rest of this movie before yeah. we get to spoilers. The first 20 minutes is nothing. Yeah. Just, like, <laughs> hey, look, it's Iraq. <laughs> Of uh, what we think Iraq looked like in the seventies, I guess. No. Oh. It's it actually... literally Iraq. Okay. Yeah. They got permission to go and film there under some very possibly bad conditions. Yeah. Um <laughs> It's the, America, so I They were like, Hey, thing. we really need to go and film this here. Can we do that? And I'm like, Yeah, sure, come on in. Uh you can go to all these holy sites, you can go to these weird like mausoleum places. One thing though. You need to show our filmmakers some high-end filming techniques and how to make fake blood. Mm. They did <laughs> and they did that? it. Oh, They mm. showed them everything. Everything they asked, they showed them. So, but yeah, everything that's supposed to be in Iraq is, in fact, in Iraq, actually. The main actor did not like that. The old, mm. old priest man, or the man who had a bunch of makeup to look very old, uh, he was actually only 44. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think this makeup is actually really good. That's yeah. really good makeup. But you can't tell, like... Uh, Especially with, you know, being retouched and remastered that he is wearing quite a bit of makeup while he's in bright daylight. Yeah, so something I'm afraid of, because I am a putz, so I'll know I will do this. When the 4K restoration of this movie comes out, <laughs> I will get it, and I will immediately be sad that I can see all the flaws. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know That's it's going to happen. like buying 4K. No. The world was not <laughs> meant to see 4K. Anyway. Yeah. Actually, Iraq, though. Yeah. It, it's one of those things, like, uh, I feel like they actually did restored that pretty well because like the extended director's cut which 
at the time that it came out was called the version you'd never seen before. That's true. Yeah. Which, <laughs> looking back at that is really dumb, but like that's whenever I finally got to see the movie, so it was like this version of the movie. It was on VHS though. So like watching it on VHS on an old CRT screen TV, like there's a lot of thing, like a lot of details that I've missed uh seeing it then compared to like seeing it now. Yeah. Mentioning it being on VHS and stuff like that. The thing cuz we mentioned you could see it on AMC whenever. Yeah. I think that this movie sneakily gets away with being on television so much because it's just so old. And so people like look at it and they're like, oh, there's like nothing shocking here at all. Why is this even like a big deal? Because you're able to edit this movie pretty easily to not have all of the gruesome stuff and all the language. Yeah. It I think with the a lot of like the gruesome stuff that happens too, it's a lot of there's a lot happening at the same time. And so like mm-hmm. you could say, like, oh, like kind of edit it out a little bit and like because there's so much happening, you can hit that cut without people really noticing it. Yeah. It's a very easy movie to cut and to put on cable and to have a very, very tame version of this film that, like, people growing up, like, probably, a lot of people probably did not realize how much blood and violence and fucking language. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The foul language on this little girl. (laughs) Yeah, and it was a kid, which is another thing that's, like, was very shocking and frowned upon. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely it was. Just having this kid act stuff out. And at the time, actually for a very long time, Reagan, who is the character's name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. What's the actor's name? She, Linda, Blair. Linda Blair. Linda Blair. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm so terrible with names. It's <laughs> astonishing. It's fine. Uh, which uh, yeah. Uh, Reagan McNeil. Yeah. And then her mother's name was Chris McNeil on this. Okay. Done I would by... not have remembered the mom's name mm-hmm. at no. all. She just screamed a lot. Yeah. Which but actually, yeah. she's been in a lot of movies too. The are uh, the mother. Has she? Yeah. Uh, she was actually the mother in Rec Room for a Dream. Oh yeah. Yeah. That clicked now. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. I got it. Woo. We're never showing you that movie. No. We couldn't. We <laughs> that, couldn't. She was also in Interstellar. She was the old daughter at the end of Interstellar. Oh, wow. Yeah. She really was oh, old. Shit. There's, that, like, she, there's a movie that. coming, or either came out this year or coming out this year called Queen Bees that she's in. Like, she's still acting. Dang, she Dang. Yeah, she's balling. She's still doing stuff. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, uh, Linda Blair actually got nominated for an Oscar for her acting and portrayal of the demon in this film. And um later there was some controversy around that because it turns out that uh it wasn't her voice at all for most of the movie. I was going to ask. I could see that. Yeah, but that was actually like a hidden thing for a really long time because the person who did the voice again for a really long time wanted to remain anonymous. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't want to be a part of the project because what the project was uh, you don't really want your name associated with that yeah um the person who did the voice was mercedes cambridge who did not want to be on any of the credits or be noted for any of it so you're gonna out her right now wow <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it, she, it, it, after the movie came out she sued them to have her name added to the credits as the voice because again uh she got linda blair got an oscar nod and an oscar nomination oh. which she was Going to win, actually, is what everybody said. Like, everybody voted for her to win. Once the news came out of, like, oh, it actually wasn't her, they couldn't give her the win. And But it was against the rules and regulations of the Oscars to take away a nomination. So they couldn't take it away, but they couldn't give it to her because it wasn't her. So they just all changed their votes, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. Really shows how much validity the Oscar has sometimes, <laughs> going to say. Yeah. She is good at lip syncing, though. Yeah, she lip synced the fuck out of it. She yeah. killed it. <laughs> but yeah, so like that was kind of a weird controversy that I didn't know about until looking a bunch of stuff up for this. Which 
I think actually does change kind of how I view some of that because I did think it was her for a really long time. Even mm-hmm. if like just in a voice booth, I just assumed it was her, mm. which it's not. So, but I mean, it's good. It's still good. It's still what yeah. that movie is. So it's fine. Yeah. But yeah, that was interesting. Uh, the plot of this movie, for those who aren't aware of The Exorcist, and some of you may not be, some of you may be an E, it is about a little girl starting to get sicker and sicker, and her mom is a famous Hollywood actress, and they're in Washington, in Georgetown, to film this movie about something. I would assume- School closing, because- well, From the signs that they were holding up, it seemed like it was almost like a Vietnam War protest. Yeah, or equal rights. I mean, because like there was things like uh, a lot of it had say like uh, dealing with the army. If you looked at a lot of the protest signs that they're doing, and like because of the time period of it being 1973, you know that was towards the end of the Vietnam War. It makes sense that it'd be like a Vietnam protest movie. But yeah, okay, I could see it. But that's actually not very important at all to this movie. No, really, the only reason why her being why the mom being an actress is important is to show why she has so much money to pay for eighty doctors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are eighty eight doctors in this room. <laughs> Which, if it were just a person, I'd be like, how how much debt are you in? All, all for, of it, all of it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> if you accumulate enough debt, what are they gonna do? And put you in jail? Yeah, that's kind of the worst. That forcefully the... take your funds. Yeah, yeah, start garnishing your wages. Take your kids' stuff if you die. Force you to. Mm. Force you to sign for bankruptcy, like sixty six percent of all other people that are in bankruptcy right now. Yeah, happy turn for this podcast. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and it really is just following the mother. Like for the first, I would say, hour and ten minutes of this movie, mm-hmm. it's kind of just following the mother trying to get Regan or Reagan help because she's freaking out more and more, and she's acting strangely, behaving strangely. After you figure out that she's been playing with a Ouija board. Yeah. yeah. She just needs more Ritalin. Talk- <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. is something the doctor says throughout the whole movie. <laughs> that like- is something that they do at the very beginning, which is like supposed to be like the first steps of like what's actually going on. She's talking to someone named Captain Howdy with the Ouija yeah. board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is just, I always forget about that plot point. Yeah. Because like, why? It doesn't matter. It's dumb. It's so dumb. She doesn't even like actually play with the Ouija board. It moves like one time. Yeah. And then and then abrupt cut. <laughs> I don't think she actually knows how to use a Ouija board either. I would bet. I would bet, yeah. Um uh, should have paired this movie with Ouija, Origin oh. of Evil. Ooh. I actually want to watch that. Is that sponsored by Hasbro? <laughs> yes. It I actually is. That, I mean they have the rights to Ouija board. Uh a supposedly demonic thing. Yeah. <laughs> TM. <laughs> you know that's a really good uh slogan i think a supposedly demonic thing yeah <laughs> yeah this has a warning on it that says you might get possessed yeah in quotation yeah you might. <laughs> our lawyers say we technically have to say this yeah. <laughs> there are three cases don't look them up <laughs> but yeah and from that point on you get to slowly descend into this little girl going crazier and crazier and as it goes on you kind of see some malnourishing stuff happening with her. Like her face starts getting more fucked up. Her lips throughout the whole movie, I think is like the most. Like showing looking. signs of de- like uh, severe dehydration almost. Yeah. Cause there's like, like puddles like, of blood in her lips. It's like she's time. actively decaying. Yeah. 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 That's probably the best way to put it. And then on the other spectrum, you get to see Damien. Damien? Demon? Damien. Yeah. Damon? His name is not Demon. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's, maybe it's on the nose. <laughs> it's Demi. <laughs> yeah, uh, Demi. Demi. Demi, as his mom puts it. But yeah, Damien. 
and kind of his mental struggles with where he's at in his career as a priest and a priest psychologist. Yeah, um, basically like a psychologist that works for the church, so that way, like you know, they have a priest that they can talk to and like talk about their problems, whether it's spiritual or like you know, Literally. psychological. He's <laughs> like yeah. that's someone who can understand the psychology behind it. Like I'm pretty sure there are psychologists who actually do work for churches. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, there kind of has to be, right? Yeah, and he's an amateur boxer. Was <laughs> an amateur. was an amateur boxer <laughs> and, and a bad runner, a <laughs> terrible runner, a pre amateur runner. Yeah. <laughs> do you think Georgetown? Did not like being in this movie when it came out. I wonder, actually. I bet, because like, because you was... want your town being associated well, was... with demon possession, specifically the college there, right? So yeah. they're probably trying to bring in students, and I bet some religious students that watched that didn't go there because of that. Yeah, this movie was protested like crazy, which is something else that we didn't talk about. There may have been literal lines going around cinemas everywhere, waiting all day. Literally, people would wait all day to see The Exorcist, which is crazy. You couldn't That's imagine not... that happen with a horror movie now. But people were doing it. And so while that was going on, people waiting in line, there were also protesters, like just moms everywhere, like being like, this is the devil's work. Mm -hmm. Moms against fun (laughs) math. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I like the priest story with Damien. Mm -hmm. I think his kind of, you get to see his doubt and the more and more you see him through the movie, he starts smoking more, starts drinking more, and he starts yeah. just kind of being more of a wreck, not knowing where yeah. he belongs in the church anymore. Well, it I think that's part of his uh, character arc, too, is like, you know, he's, um, it kind of hints at the reason why he's even in that town is to help take care of his mom. Yes. Because he does talk to another priest about possibly going to like a, a different, like going to New York to be a priest up there, be a psychologist up there. So he doesn't have to be a priest in Georgetown, but he doesn't want to leave his mother all alone. Yeah. Which and then is eventually used against him. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, he does talk about how he feels like he's losing his faith, so he may not stay for the, with the church any longer. He may just go be a medical professional. Yeah. Which, like I said, I really like his slow buildup, and I think that his story ultimately has a really gratifying conclusion for what it is. Yeah. Not a happy one. Mm-hmm. But, but a gratifying, a satisfying one. Satisfying, yeah. It's very satisfactory, I think. But you get to see, like, a bunch of tests being done on Reagan during the priest trying to discover himself. And those are interesting somewhat, but, like, it's really... It's almost B-roll. It's almost B-roll, yeah. You're kind of right. Because, like, it's setting up the fact that there's something wrong and the doctors can't figure it out and can't figure it out so it can justify later on why there's priests involved and the church gets involved. What I think is actually funny is that some stuff from the other movie that we watched today, The Exorcism Emily Rose, Almost uses some of the same like plot convenience stuff from this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which just shows like how much kind of is that genre, I guess. Yeah. Um, I was looking up a little bit on the phone like while we were watching the second movie. They are kind of intertwined a little bit. Yeah. I think we can get into spoilers for The Exorcist yeah. at this point. Yeah, spoil it. Uh, yeah. Spoilers from here on out. Yeah. Uh, Especially considering that like from the spoilers here on out, this is where most people talk about this movie anyways, like, because there are, mm-hmm. like, the slow buildups to everything, but... Yeah. I think the point where people start talking about this movie more is, like, whenever, you know, doctors keep on telling him, or telling the mother, like, oh, just keep putting your daughter on Riddle and she'll be fine, and then, like, <laughs> bring the doctors to the house to, like, show what the, or, what she, or what's happening with her, and you see her, like, rocking back and forth very violently and, like, bouncing up and down on the, uh, on her bed and, like, at one point in time, making like a very guttural 
sound while her throat is like starting to frog up. Yeah. And she's like, well, have we tried more Ritalin yet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, psychiatry. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which was a sticking point that he did not like. I yeah, thought I it was think funny. It's hilarious. Yeah, I thought like, it was it funny. It is hilarious in retrospect, knowing like, because that's even now psychiatry is still kind of looked down upon, even though it's becoming more socially acceptable. Yeah, yeah. like what are you are... pseudoscience? <laughs> more I mean, or less, but yeah, for a very long time, it was considered to be like quack medicine, is what they called right. it a lot. And uh, it was one of those like, are oh, like only like truly insane people see psychiatrists, like someone who you know killed their mother. Or at the bottom of a ditch somewhere. Like, that guy's going to go see a psychiatrist. You don't need to go see about your problems. Just deal with it like a man. Do you believe that there was, like, rampant issues with mental illness that were unaddressed for (laughs) many decades? No. (laughs) Wouldn't believe you if you said it. (laughs) Still largely unaddressed. Yeah. Yeah, it honestly is. And this movie does nothing to address it anymore. (laughs) No, no, it doesn't. They tell you more Ritalin, baby. (laughs) Keep them drugs. Whenever they finally do have her see a psychiatrist, it's a, a hypnotherapist. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, the audience, yeah, just hypnosis. They had no couch. She didn't show them any of the blobs. She's like, what do you see here? It was just, a, yeah. he was just like, you are now under my spell. Okay. <laughs> I don't think people knew the difference in the 70s, like, what the therapist yeah. or psychologist they was. They thought it was yeah. a witch doctor. I, know. Yeah. I still like apparently in the totem pole it's like Ritalin solves everything <laughs> then just like general doctorness and like doing x-rays and shit <laughs> then hypnosis yeah. then Jesus and then exorcism yeah then maybe Jesus according to them which hasn't been practiced in millennium which we had a practicing Catholic uh, Liz my wife in the room with us the whole time and she I I believed a lot of the lies that the exorcist told me throughout my life <laughs> I just did not bother doing any research. And so, like, I was talking about the exorcist to Liz a long time ago, and she's like, that is not true. Literally, I've talked to many priests who have been there when exorcisms are happening. They have a whole unit. It's like a fucking special victims unit for the church. Yeah, they really do. (laughs) They have, like, ex. you have to be, like, like, getting approval and stuff is real. You have to, like, actually get approval. Yeah, just be like, all right, I'm going to exorcise this child. Yeah, like, because it is, like, a very taxing thing when you do an exorcism, from what I understand. Like, because a lot of the times when people are quote-unquote possessed there's like a lot of like them not eating and a lot of that kind of stuff and so like it becomes this much bigger thing once you're like okay they are possessed let's bible at this person until not until demon go away until demon bye-bye and there are actually a lot of cases of people like dying from that kind of stuff uh it's been a while since i've actually done research about it i think it was the last time like i brought this movie up to people was uh you know exorcisms and it's practiced throughout history and stuff like that and how there's a very high mortality rate if you're being exercised. Yeah. Uh, usually due to like malnutrition or starvation or um, sometimes uh, they're actually cases of like actual abuse of like someone getting beat up while they're being are having the demons exercised from them. Like they get slapped around and hit and all this other stuff. Which she has killer backhands. Yes. Yeah. She, <laughs> yeah, she does. smacking people. <laughs> but yeah, the, the thing that everybody knows about the exorcist is, in fact, the exorcism itself. Right. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, all those things of, like, oh, like, doctors can't help her, psychiatrists can't help her, drugs aren't helping. I need a priest, I need an old one, and I need a young one. Like, when people largely talk about this movie, it is, you know, the exorcism scenes and a lot of the scenes. I mean, that's what's like... parodied everywhere, too, oh, yeah. of course. Yeah, and sure. referenced <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, heavy quotation marks. I don't like your quotations over there. <laughs> Listen, I'm saying... <laughs> As I'm getting older, I'm beginning to question what counts as referencing and what is just blatant theft. 
A lot of references kind of are blatant theft at this point. It's like yeah. a little theft. I mean, it's, it's an homage. It's kind of the difference of like, yeah, homage. Is it homage or is it theft? Like, <laughs> yeah, does the like, person care um, about the material or did they want it for their material? Right. Because I mean, I, I'm blanking on the name. The movie you showed us, the anime. Uh, oh, Perfect Blue? Yeah. Because I was like watching a lot of discussions with the creator of Perfect Blue mm-hmm. after like all this stuff came out with the. um. The Swan Lake? Black What's Swan. Black, Black Swan. Swan. Oh, yeah. How that was kind of doing that. And he was like, I was assured that it's an homage, and I'm not sure I agree with that. Because yeah. like, he was actually very upset by it. Was he really? So it wasn't yeah, because he wasn't even asked. No. Uh, oh, so it wasn't even that movie. It was actually another movie done by the right, same director, yep, yep. the one I just mentioned earlier, Rec Room for a Dream. Right. Uh, there's a scene in both movies where there's a woman who just dealt with a very traumatic experience, and she is sitting in a bathtub in the fetal position with her head underwater. And starts screaming while her head's underwater. Shot for shot, that is in both Perfect Blue and a movie that came out, I think, what was it? Two or three years later? I think it's what, I can't remember exactly. I don't the know creator, came out. And, but um, yeah, the um yeah, uh the creator of Perfect Blue said, like, oh, like you just kind of stole that scene from my movie. And he's like, No, no, no. It was an homage. It was a um honoring you. Yeah, it was like it was honoring <laughs> your film and your film style. And I wanted to like show that in my movies like cool there's no references to my movie in your movie right like he wasn't even <laughs> given a credit for like being the direct inspiration for some of the scenes in the movies no, or like anything special thanks or... no, no nothing you only just that... wave your hands and say homage and like, then go, like, it all it's goes away. like that like that which is a long way to say i've seen things that basically rip off exorcism or yeah exorcist. yeah yeah which I think in the horror genre you get end up getting a, a lot honestly. Yeah, there there are a lot of cliches in horror. Like someone did it really well, and other horror uh, directors went like, "Yeah, I want that in my movie." Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's like it's one of the things where you kind of like when you get to like the reflection of the reflection of the reflection. However many steps down you get, like <laughs> yeah. you lose the meaning of a lot of it because like yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're in the spoilers. So like the head turning and stuff, mm-hmm. and like the projectile vomiting. And this it makes a lot more sense because you got like you were talking about a lot. You get the gradual build up to it. Yeah. And while I don't like that gradual build up, it makes it a lot. It works a lot better in this than in other things I see where that's kind of the start where they're yeah. already showing her like crawling up the walls with their head spinning and be like <laughs> and going. <laughs> Sorry, I just say Taco Bell. <laughs> it was Del Taco. I think you just wrote scary movie too. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I'm. I might say that scary movie might, in fact, just be missing a lot of the nuances. Is from what I've learned. Yeah, and that, I, that's... I, you showed me scary movie three, and I quite enjoy scary movie three, mm-hmm. but nuance is not new no. there. No, it is, nuance is not its thing. So the Exorcist, the thing that like, everybody's been saying, it is remembered for the exorcism parts when the older priest comes in, and you have Damien there. And for me, the things that are most interesting are. Damien having to face this thing that he wasn't sure was real anymore and being confronted with the fact that it is. And how does he deal with that? While even though it's a his, negative thing. Yeah. While also dealing with his own personal demons. Yeah. Uh, very forcefully his own personal demons because the demons keep shoving mm-hmm. themselves in his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always like that a lot. Like in that scene where um, Regan is like speaking to him in his mother's voice. I always thought that was creepy. I just think it's very because in horror movies a lot I, to make the, I feel like what makes horror movies better is I kind of like imagine me if, if I was in that situation and that's how I kind of gauge the fear yeah. level of how actually scary that is yeah 
So if you just lost your mom and this demon's laying on the bed and it just starts speaking to you like your mom always does, that'd be fucking scary. <laughs> you know? Well, I think it's about uh, get the fuck out of here. Clock, like, uh, so. Sorry, priest. Uh, oh, you're dead already. All right, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing that I didn't know until looking a bunch of stuff up today about Damien's first interaction with her, like when he's like, when the mom goes to him, he's like, I don't know. I can like go and talk to her. And then after that, we'll see what happens. I can't guarantee anything. But he goes and talks to her and he's like starts just having a conversation with her and like asks her name. And she's like, eh, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. And like it's actual Latin that they speak in that part. And I never knew what it said. I always just assumed it was like, what's your name? And then she said it. And then I was like, okay, that's her name in Latin or whatever. But it's like an actual phrase I learned today. So when he's having that conversation with Reagan, he asks the demon's name, the demon's name in Latin. And the demon responds, La plume d'amatante, uh, which in Latin literally translates to the pen of my aunt, which is a phrase that a bunch of Latin teachers, I guess, teach people as being a 100% grammatically correct sentence in Latin. But you can never use the sentence. It's like <laughs> a nothing sentence because you can't ever practically use that in a sentence. The pen of my aunt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's never going to sound right. Even though it's 100% gram- grammatically correct, it's not a real thing. And so in Latin and like a lot of pop culture is that one sentence is used to like metaphorically say like that thing is irrelevant. So like there's actually this layer of like having to go through the Latin language and like what it means in the pop culture to be like, what's your name? My name doesn't fucking matter. Mm. I just like cool, the idea actually. of yeah. cool. The writer was just taught that phrase, and that was the thing given. Like, this is a phrase that will never be able to use because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and he's like, fuck that in my movie <laughs> with context that can make it make sense. Yeah. And the priest uh, says, whose pen is this? And she says, the pen of my aunt. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I just think that's cool because I never knew that. I mean, I never knew that either, but the thing about this movie, and, and to its credit, I think it's kind of makes the movie better, is there is no subtitles to this movie. Yeah. It just, um, like, because there's signs where, like, Damon goes to talk to his mom, and his mom speaks to him in Italian. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just part of what happens. Like, it doesn't, it's almost like, okay, I guess it doesn't matter. It's just like, you know, he's speaking to her in this language, and happens whenever, um, I guess, Damon possessed Reagan is talking to him and is also speaking in Latin and Italian and all these other languages. Is it yeah. Italian? I thought it was Spanish. Latin. Or oh, she, no, his mother. Yeah. His it mother. is Italian. Italian. It is Italian. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're yeah. they're similar. Somewhat similar. Yeah, they're yeah. very similar. Uh, Italian is Latin based, so yeah. But yeah, yeah. I I also think that's really cool. I think it's maybe brave is too strong of a word, <laughs> but I think it's kind of daring whenever a movie doesn't put subtitles for for yeah. different languages. I really like when movies can do that, especially if it's just like it doesn't actually matter if it if the a uh, person watching knows it or not. Yeah, like, you get the idea of what's going on. You don't yeah, need it. Like, yeah. I think it's one of those things where, like, a lot of, like, what, like, um, I'm going to say Americans, I can't speak on the entire world, of course, where, like, they're really afraid of not knowing every single detail of something. Yeah. So, like, the idea that there's just a character speaking a different language is so annoying to them. Yeah, that's very much an American thing, I think, actually. Yeah, yeah sometimes I mean, that does kind of bother like i want to know what they're saying for some reason even though if it's not even like contextually you need to know that (laughs) i never just like it's like kind of bothers me when i'm just like looking and they're just saying something but i don't know what they're doing yeah so like something that i've learned with a lot of like spanish movies and stuff like that because liz speaks spanish obviously 
or maybe not. Obviously, you guys don't know her. She <laughs> speaks Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> um, like we'll be watching a Spanish thing and they'll start talking and they'll be like they'll talking about a blanket in English and they start talking in Spanish. I'm like what they say? She's like they're still talking about a blanket. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's the same thing. It's just in Spanish now. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it is probably that. Yeah. So it doesn't really bother me that much. But it's always like a little irksome to yeah, me. Yeah, like, I wish I just knew. Just yeah. not seeing the yellow little subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> I think some of it's like also just how I was like how I grew up in like an era where if I wanted to watch stuff from other cultures, I would just have to find it online and hope there was subtitles. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would just watch something without subtitles and just like hope I understood the concept of it. Like there was like, <laughs> I never did that. I, never I did that because I was like, I wonder what this is, and I'll watch it. And I'm like, I think I got the gist of it, anyways. Because <laughs> like great. my other option was just don't watch it, and sometimes it was like I was just kind of curious what it was. Oh, that's fair. Like, the main one I remember is there's a weird Japanese exclusive uh spinoff of Lilo and Stitch, just only with Stitched without Lilo. What? <laughs> yeah, that's I right. mean Disney's like super randomly really big in japan too so like sometimes there's random stuff like that okay cool there's a lot of random spin-offs powerpuff girls has in its own anime as well weird that yeah because why not <laughs> why not uh but like there was just like only some of it was subtitled up to like the first season i was just like i wonder what the last episode's like because i heard that <laughs> lilo actually exists in it so i watched that and there wasn't subtitles but i was like just watching it's like Pretty sure I got the gist of what this story was. Was it just Lilo and Stitch, but an anime? No. Well, like, Lilo wasn't a character in it. So it was just Stitch. It was just Stitch. He he flies into an alternate dimension in Japan. Okay. It's always, like, an alternate world, but also still in yeah, Japan. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, basically the gist is, like, this is in the future when Lilo's an adult. Oh. It's a yeah. Stitch isekai? Kinda? But Weird. also, like, just Japan, it's not necessarily a different world. Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, it's In every it's parallel universe, thing. Tokyo is still Tokyo. Yeah, and a lot, huh. a lot of people really dislike it. Um, but, yeah, it, this whole tangent is basically me being like, <laughs> I don't actually mind if something's in a different language and I don't know what the heck's going on. Huh. Weird. Yeah. You only mind if it's boring in your eyes. I only mind if it's boring. It could be a completely foreign language to me. <laughs> and I don't mind, but if I'm not interested, I'm not interested. That's one st- I will say I think the age kind of shows and like, I don't know if it's like, sometimes watching older things, that film style itself is just kind of boring. Yeah. It's like just how it is, like how it was back then. But I think it's because you, you grow so accustomed to how stuff looks now. Yeah, that's that when it's old timey, it's kind of like it, it loses its luster. So mm-hmm. it, it had like a little bit of that for me. I could see what you're saying about it being kind of boring until it's not. Um, yeah, but yeah, just as like appreciating it at the time and as a whole, like as a movie, I thought they did a lot of great things. The shock scenes, because you really have to earn them, honestly. You yeah. Like you were saying before, like one of my favorite scenes of horror ever is the first time she turns her head on the bed. I don't know. It's just so iconic. Like, yeah. yeah. And so disturbing. And the, something mm-hmm. I never saw before, like done that well, yeah. well, till I saw the exorcist and she's just like. Yeah, I mean everything about that scene from like the intensity of like, them like fighting each other uh, before then, because like how the mother's trying to stop her from stabbing herself in the vagina with a crucifix, well, saying and, "fuck me and my cunt." Yeah, also <laughs> extremely disturbing. Isaac got up; he was so scared he had to get a refill. You know, <laughs> no. So here's the thing: I genuinely have this weirdly uncanny ability where I choose the worst time to do stuff. 
literally every single <laughs> like, movie. Anytime we watch a movie in theaters, I'm always like, this seems like a good time to go to the bathroom. And I'll miss a very pivotal scene every time. <laughs> every single time. And like this, like they were, this was after the detective first showed up in her house and was like, you know, murder maybe. Yeah. It, so like that was going on and she let and he left. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go get a drink. <laughs> and that was when it was another crazy scene with the daughter. It's like yeah. one of the most, the best scenes I think. Like, I don't know if I want to watch yeah, some girl stab a crucifix into her cooch, quite frankly, but but it's like that's when you know that movie's going there, you know, yeah. where yeah. it's like, well, oh wow, this. I, mean, <laughs> I was just gonna say, I think um, with that scene, one of the more powerful things about it isn't so much like the head turning; it's like the head turning, staring directly at the mother, and like just saying like the words that she says to her of just like, "Do you know what your daughter did?" Like, like kind of in the sense of like justifying its place of being there like she did something to deserve to have me possess her in this moment your daughter used a hasbro toy (laughs) your daughter your daughter supports big companies (laughs) specifically big pharma (laughs) by taking her ritalin (laughs) but yeah I, i i think that that's ultimately the thing with this movie is that if it were just let's say an hour and a half Mm-hmm. Which is not terribly far from there. It's like 45 minutes off. But yeah. if it were just an hour and a half and it was like two interactions with the priest, two interactions with the mom, one interaction with the detective, I don't think that you would have felt anything towards the I end still, here. I still really don't feel like the detective adds anything to the story. I don't feel like, I don't understand what his, like, what's so important about him. It's not necessarily that he's important to the story. It's that him as a character is really fun to watch. Yeah, I agree with that. That's, I just yeah. like him for some reason. Honestly. Like, I think the way that the actor, like, portrays himself and, like, stands up and, like, the way he speaks, literally the way he speaks and the way that he uses his sentences and how just detectives and I would say media, like, the way that they're portrayed is, like, they're playing a mind game with the person they're talking to. I think that is always super fun if it's done well. And I think here it's done well. That's, that's me personally. I agree. <laughs> I agree with that completely. He's just a fun character to watch. Yeah. Just how he acts it and... Um, it's very like believable. I would say that he's really into that character. He's like trying to invite the priest to movies and stuff, you know, yeah, like random yeah. things just to try to pick his brain a little more and see what he thinks about because he thinks it's a, a murder, basically. Yeah, yeah, and he's just trying to find just any little scrap of evidence he can to get more from it. And then they just let him go at the end. Yep, they're not. It's a gir- it's a little girl. She can't kill people. Yeah, she's not a big, strong man who can twist somebody's fucking head around and throw them out a window. Like, <laughs> You're afraid to get. But yeah, I just like detective characters, and I think he's a really good detective character. If you don't like detective characters, I don't know if there's anything there for you. But It's like, that, like I don't know. Again, it's just I'm coming from 50 years in the future where I just feel like I've seen these characters before. Like, Wait, There's nothing that, there. You keep, you, I think throughout all of these, you've been saying that a lot, and I don't mean to sound that attacking. I know it sounded very attacky. I don't mean that that way. Attacking. But like... <laughs> like I don't think that seeing it before is necessarily a bad thing. I'm I don't think knowing it that I'm it's saying... around and saying that you've like seen it before makes this less effective. I'm not saying it's not effective. Like it's just like I just don't see anything that needs to be there for this specific character. And like some of the not seeing it before means like I don't get a lot of the like first time stuff with it. Like it's something that I talk about a lot because like it's not an issue of something has been done before. I'm someone who is a fan of like children's animation. And a lot of that is about retelling similar stories for new generations. Like 
It's not necessarily the fact that I've seen it before is my issue with it. I just don't think there's anything thereafter. Like, again, I don't think the detective here is needed in the story at all. Like, I don't know what his entire point of was. Like, I think him being in there adds some importance and some need for speed in the plot. Because he comes into the story because there has been a murder and there's a character missing that Honestly, I don't even remember the fucking character, so I don't really care. It was the it was missing. the guy who like, yeah, uh, the put one who the put the mouse traps. traps right? yeah. yeah, at the beginning, he was one of the servant people. Yeah, I didn't want to call him a house servant. That's what like, they call him. That's what they yeah. said. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, basically, serving. a guy who like one of the caretakers of the house. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Uh, one of the caretakers, he was watching over the little girl, and like they're trying to think like, okay, a twelve-year-old girl couldn't twist this man's head around and then throw him out of a window. Yeah, because like. When the mom is coming home one night, you just see a bunch of, like, fire trucks and cops lined at the bottom of these stairs, and you're like, and the mom's just like, that's fucking weird. Let's park the car. <laughs> like, <laughs> nah, that's me sometimes. Um, I live like, in an apartment complex. That might be a little yeah. bit different. <laughs> uh, but, like, I think he just adds a sense of urgency, because, like, suddenly it's not just this little girl is going through something. It's this little girl is going through something and actively harming other people and will harm herself consistently in a way that is unbelievable. And I think so. it adds urgency and him pushing forward, yeah. kind of pushing other characters I think adds well, that as well. One thing that is spoke about in this is they keep on trying, they want to put her in a psychiatric care, like yeah. put her in a mental hospital. And her mother keeps on saying, no, I'm not going to let that happen to my little girl. Like, this is, like, I can't let that happen. So she's exhausting all of her resources to keep that from happening. Thus, you know, in a weird way, I see the detective as bridging the gap between psychiatric and the supernatural of it like where it goes from one sense to the other i think um or i guess almost like a transition transition i can speak english (laughs) transitioning point to one to the other yeah i think that's actually a really good way to put it i think it it does transition tones i think as well. yeah i think it brings a like a sense of like you're saying a sense of urgency i think it also makes it seem like the situation is getting way more serious because it's always getting serious if police are getting involved yeah right or if there's a murder around your house so that means you it kind of helps the pacing of the movie because it lets you know that all right people are dying yeah and it's this is no the longer... cops know about it this is no longer just in in-house thing like this is starting to affect other people yeah so that's how you know her situation is really getting dire i think is by having she's no longer having episodes she's now a danger to herself and others yeah yeah so that's our reasoning <laughs> whether you agree or not that's our reasoning it's like still boring <laughs> uh but yeah then when the actual exorcism starts stops happening uh you get the old priest who you see at the beginning of the movie for like 10 minutes we didn't bring up we just brought up the scenes in iraq for some reason but whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, but he happened to be there open or happened to find this little artifact that was supposed to be representation of evil fighting evil yeah and so he comes back to do it and you get that iconic thing that's on most of the covers of mo- the movies and <laughs> like all the posters yeah, for not some reason, not on this one. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and um, you just get like that very iconic shot of him staying outside the taxi, all the fog, and then the lights from the house, which is a great shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you get the the music, and it's fucking a great score for yeah, this, and I love that. underused actually, I would say as well. They only use it like twice, right? Yeah, like two three. or three times. Yeah, three times. Yeah. Whereas like Halloween, very similar score, but <laughs> every two minutes. Yeah, so, we yeah. that a <laughs> lot a when slap. we watched it. Yeah. So I think they actually use the score very powerfully mm-hmm. and when it needs to be instead of just all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that that is one thing that this movie does that uh, a lot of horror movies 
even today don't really do very well is like there always has to be music in the background, whether it's like screeching violins or something else. This movie very effectively uses silence in a way yeah. that can make you feel uncomfortable and like kind of add tension to the scene. Yeah, I like whenever some of those like outside things can actually add tension. Um, let's get through this little exorcism bit really quickly, which is funny because we've been building it up so much. But yeah. <laughs> just like uh, the movie, we're gonna go over it very fast. <laughs> <laughs> it really is a very short part of the movie, but it's just the priests fucking yelling Bible verses in Latin and throwing water on this little girl as spins her head around and cuts people and. St- fucking yeets people across the room with a backhand. Uh, causes the room to actually crumple around them, considering like the walls start to like cave in and doors start to crack around her and everything. There's a lot of special effects just for the scene alone. Yeah, and the room being super cold, which mm-hmm. of course everybody mm-hmm. knows it was refrigerated. Literally a refrigerated room, which is why it was, everyone's breath was so there. Yeah. Because it actually was. Um, I think it was uh, Linda Blair. It was either Linda Blair or the mom. I can't remember while I was reading on it. But they can't stand cold to this day because of acting on this film. Mm, I can I, probably. I was gonna say, take it with a grain of salt. I think someone actually got like it, I think Linda Blair may have actually gotten hypothermia because on top right. of her, like only being in a gown, she was wet. Like you can tell it, she was like wet. Like yeah. there's water on her throughout all, a lot of those. So being in a refrigerated room for hours or days at a time, and then yeah, yeah having to deal with that. I think I want to say she got pneumonia, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, I, I think you're right actually. I remember reading something about that. Yeah. Uh, and there's just a ton of, like, dumb, stupid injuries, like how the mom got pulled oh, from a wire. Yeah, so, like, that scene that E walked away from, um, whoever, like, <laughs> yeah. He was just too spooked. He was <laughs> too scared. Yeah, I guess uh, they actually did have, like, a wire attached to her, and they tried pulling her away. I guess the director felt like it wasn't enough, and so he turned the torque up on, the, uh, on it too much and pulled her so hard that she actually did, like, get a fracture in her back about oh that. She God. broke her coccyx. Yep. Jesus. That scream of pain is a real scream of pain. Yep. Wow. Kept in the movie. Fucked up. There's that. Uh, I know, like, some of the machines that they had Linda Blair attached to whenever she was, like, flaying, flailing around on the bed, she got injured mm-hmm. a handful of times because of that. Permanent like, injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has horrible back spasm problems now because of it, because it was literally just her on that just fucking yeah, and it was back just and forth. Flinging her back and forth. Fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very. Yeah, but... super fucked up. Uh, Looks great, though. One of the priests, I forget who it was. It was one of the priests, though. The director shot a gun next to his head so he can get a scream reaction from him. I... Uh, I guess fuck? he yeah he did that uh, during the exorcism. I guess like the director just had a gun. He would like randomly fire it in the air to like, get. Jump what is shot wrong with this director? <laughs> He's a dick. He doesn't care about <laughs> safety regulations. Yeah, it was the seventies. There weren't any. They didn't care. Yeah, sending out gunshots. But yeah, the actor like got genuinely fucking pissed off because he like, we're on a film and I am acting. Let me act. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't need to shoot a gun. Let me do my job. So he got pissed. That was pretty. Yeah. Nope. I can understand so the next that. day the director set his pants on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, told but, him, like, read in Latin while your pants are on fire. Do it. Do it now. <laughs> Filming. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's crazy. I think the exorcism itself kind of does need to be seen. Because it's hard to explain just the intensity of it. Yeah. Because it is a lot very, very quickly. Mm. And it ends... Very abruptly, actually, I would say. Like, yeah. Damien leaves the room, because the old priest is like, leave, leave, I got this. He starts doing his thing, and throughout the whole thing, the priest has been set up to have, like, heart problems and stuff like that. He takes a bunch of pills. And so Damien leaves the room, talks to the mom for a bit, comes back, old priest is dead, Damien starts just fucking smacking the shit out of Regan, and it's like, get into me, leaves the little girl alone, yeah. gets possessed, you see it, and he jumps out the window in his last 
uh, gasp of humanity and kills himself so that the demon can no longer live. And uh, it kind of does happen that fast. Kind mm-hmm. of, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, throughout that, he beats the crap out of her. Uh, she steals the, or the, yeah, the little girl like steals the necklace around him, or from around his neck that was protecting him. Yeah. From, and then he becomes possessed, looks at the window, sees a flash of the devil at the window. His face starts to contort and then goes back to humanity, jumps out the window, falls, like, falls to his death, all within a matter of five seconds. Yeah, it's super fast. Um, I will say, though, like, uh, one thing that I noticed, he wasn't really dead during that scene because he noticed his hand is moving. Yeah. And uh, basically, like, one of his priest friends is kind of saying his last rites to him and stuff like that, or telling God to forgive him for all of his past sins and asks him if he asks for forgiveness, you know, all the things that a priest does whenever someone's dying. Yeah. Only question. Was that the guy who showed up at his room when he was drinking and smoking? Okay, I thought so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I think a lot of the stuff that happens in the last five minutes is carried over to sequels that oh, the no. writer of the book that this movie is based on did not want. <laughs> this movie was such a big hit, in fact, that the directors and writers were like, write another book right now so we can make a sequel out of it. <laughs> and he refused. Yeah. Uh, I think Me the closest is... Too, geez. Uh, he had nothing to do with the second movie, yeah. which the second movie is garbage. <laughs> yeah, it's 100% different from this in every single way. What if E... One of the first five minutes of this movie, but for two hours. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, joy. Also with dramatic music. I can't yeah. wait like, to go to music. Iraq and dig up more fossils. Yeah. Two uh, hours of it. I don't even like the third one either. No, but the third one's also bad. It's also slow. Yeah. yeah. It is a- also very slow, but it also has kind of a... I, I want to say the storyline for the third one is still better than the second one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I know the writer from the of the book actually had a little bit to do with the third one because yeah. of how much he hated the second one. Rightfully so. Yeah. It was not a good movie in any rights. Wow. I can't believe that they're so slow, which how fast I felt this one went. <laughs> God, that, that just sounds like actual torture to watch the sequels then. It kind of is, actually. I don't even like them. But... Yeah. They should have just kept this as a one-off, but you know that's what I say about a lot of movies. Yeah. <laughs> but we make money. Yeah, that's the thing is you want to make more money because the thing about Dry said earlier about how this was like the highest-grossing horror movie of all time until the new It movie came out was uh, this movie cost about eleven million dollars to make, which I think a lot of it had to do with that exorcism scene. Yeah, and um, this movie made four hundred and forty-one million dollars worldwide in the box office. It's a lot of fucking money. It's a lot of money. Especially, especially in 1973. For, yeah, and especially for a horror movie. Yeah. It's like, unheard of. Yeah, I was going to say, well, that's the thing is, until, like I said, the new It movie came out, like, there was no other horror movie, period, that even came close. Yeah. Fucking like, I think the closest to that was The Conjuring, and that one was a little bit over 300 million. Yeah, I think so. And that was like, considered a runaway success. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did a whole spinoff of terrible movies. <laughs> like, two so, of the movies in The Conjuring series, two or three, I'm going to say... Three of the movies in the Conjuring like universe are good, yeah, and the rest are like mediocre, middling to. Why did I fucking watch that? Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, it's one of those things is because like somebody sees something like The Exorcist and they don't realize it's lightning in a bottle. Yeah, they, but and so like they're like, yeah, we can do that again. No, no, you can't do that again. And if you try, it's gonna be bad. Yeah. Um, let's give our final thoughts on The Exorcist real quick, and then we'll take a break and move on to uh The Exorcist of Emily Rose. Okay. Dion, I'll start with you. I still really just enjoy this movie. Um, every time I watch it, honestly, it's still good. It still has good to me. Maybe not as good as when I was like 
younger. It had more of that, I don't know, like it lost some of the luster with age for sure, but it still looks really good, I think. And the effects that are done are done very well, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. So I think it still holds up in that regard. And it can be a little slow, especially the beginning. Um. I agree with that. But I think it's worth it to get some of that character backstory and make you actually kind of care what happens to these people. Yeah. And and then it has a huge payoff, which I think is just iconic. You see everything basically take from this uh, if it has to do with possession. Um, some of the tropes, you know, head spinning, things like that. It's yeah. like came yeah. directly from here. Um, so all that's done really well. I just think overall it's a staple in the horror genre and it kind of started a subgenre of its own with the possession films yeah um so i think overall i would i'd probably give it like an 85 percent. i think it's done really well and holds up for its time and it's definitely a must watch if uh you're getting into horror cool uh robbie uh in some ways i do agree i feel like if you're trying to get someone started in horror movies and they ask like what makes horror movies special this is probably a good thing to start off on, I would say. Um, I do also agree with D saying that, like, you know, some of the luster has been lost, but I've seen this movie a lot and I watched it a lot as a kid. But this still is the movie that got me into horror movies. And so I think it does have that special place because of that. Um, once again, I'd still argue most, like, most, if not all, the acting is done very well in this movie. Uh, the director was a giant dick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but. It, despite him being a giant dick, the actors did their job very well uh, while playing this movie. Uh, a lot of them, I want to say they got their career because of this movie, honestly. Yeah, I'd agree uh, with that. That being said, I don't know their career before this, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it does kind of hold a special place uh, of nostalgia for me when it comes to the horror genre. Uh, I do agree, like, they did a lot of things very well. In a weird way, this movie is lightning in a bottle because other people who have tried to do the same thing as this movie did failed dramatically in comparison. So it is very much lightning in a bottle. However, I think I have seen enough times that it is losing a little bit of its luster uh, yeah. with age. But I would still, I'd actually say an 8 out of 10. Like, this movie is still a good movie. All right. Uh, e. Hello. What, what do you think? Uh, I, th- I mean, there's not a lot of ways I can really say it. I was just <laughs> bored. Like, I don't. I don't want to take away what this means in just general filmmaking, of course. And as I said before, I think the effects are still just pretty impressive altogether and arguably just the best I've seen this month. Um, But just, well, I just wasn't too into it for enough of it where I just was not there. Not not my jam. It, it happens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Four. Okay. 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 I think I kind of expected that, honestly, on this one, because I think this era of cinema is really, really, really hit or miss with you. Like, there's yeah. not really a middle ground. I feel like, but yeah. Okay. Uh, I really like this movie. I think I agree with Robbie and Dion. It's it's totally an eight in my mind. And I think a lot of that is age. I think if I somehow had a podcast and was reviewing this when I was ten years old, this would be a <laughs> eleven out of ten, the most frightening thing I've ever seen in my life. It'd be a much worse podcast also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, way worse. <laughs> but, like, a very good movie that I think time has been too cruel to and too kind to in some ways as well. Yeah. Like, the cinematography, I think, doesn't hold up to modern standards in a lot of ways. 
but the special effects absolutely do. And I would say a lot of the screenwriting for the most part does, except for the mom character, who I think is literally toast. (laughs) She's the lamp character for this movie? Yeah, almost in a way in my mind. But I really do enjoy it. It's a really good movie. Definitely an 8 out of 10 for me. I guess let's take a quick break here and come back and quickly talk about the other movie that we watched. All right. All right. talk about the exorcism of emily rose so here's some information before we start diving into everything exorcism emily rose came out in 2005 we're watching the unrated version the theatrical was pg-13 runtime is 122 minutes or two hours and two minutes the places you can watch if you want to watch along with us are pluto tv for free with ads amazon prime video for free i didn't look into that so it might be some through some other subscription uh, Voodoo for two ninety nine, YouTube and Google Play for three ninety nine. So those places, if you want to, or find, I think just like a one dollar bin in Walmart, and it's probably there. Probably, yeah. Um, and I'm just gonna jump in and read the back of the box right away. Oscar nominees: Laura Linney. That's and it. Tom Wilkinson. <laughs> Delve into the supernatural in this thriller based on a true story that will test your resolve and ultimately your faith. Ooh. Emily Rose was an average teenage girl who was the target of terrifying demonic forces that would ultimately shock a town and torment her soul. But was she, as many believe, possessed? In an attempt to clear the clergyman who exercised Emily, a skeptical attorney awakens to the discovery that powerful spiritual forces may actually exist. This harrowing film unfolds like a recurring nightmare from which there is no waking. As scary as the quote uh, by Phil Boatswright from The Movie Reporter. As scary as The Exorcist with a strong spiritual message and one of the best films of the year. That's a lot of claims. That's yeah. a lot of claims. They, I don't know if they I agree with any of them. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was like a Catholic paper that's like, yeah, pro-church, all right. A plus. <laughs> like you did donate to the church right <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah we're just going to uh talk about this movie and non-spoilers mm-hmm. and then we'll mark when we're going to do spoilers and we're going to give our final thoughts we won't give like a little small one at the beginning because i feel like that didn't really help us in the exorcist at all yeah. it's kind of mm-hmm. very consistent between all of that yeah so this movie is exactly what the title claims it to be the exorcism of Emily Rose. It kind of holds it on its sleeve, what that is. Um, but kind of not. It's all told through... Court battle. A court battle and flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Which I actually don't necessarily dislike. Mm-hmm. Because the newest Conjuring, Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. I kind of wish that's what that was, honestly. And it was um, not that at all. Not that. <laughs> and it's not? It's kind of like the one case that you're like, I want to see this court case like played out in a dramatization because it was like the one where it's like the thing where demon possession was like being tried to see if it was a real thing or something. And uh, they didn't bother with that at all in that movie. Uh. So I kind of wish they did take the direction that this did because I got to say, by the way, I didn't remember most of this movie. Not at all. I literally only remembered like certain scares. Yeah. Kind yeah, of. I forgot a lot too. 
Like there's this like <laughs> just in general. <laughs> I had to like shove out a lot of things to make way for all this stupidity. Um, but like the literal thing that I remember the most was like the face contorting effect that they yep. did at that one part. That's turns out all I remember. Literally, that's the same. <laughs> yeah. So, is there anything like very important that we want to talk about in in the movie before we we talk about the spoiler stuff? I mean, do we want to know like how everything's set up? Yeah, I of? guess. Yeah. 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 So, it is all like through this court case and all these flashbacks, like we said. But it's defending this priest, where mm-hmm. our, our main protagonist is the defense attorney for the priest. Yeah. And the priest is the the priest the priest is being tried for murder, essentially for manslaughter. Yeah. yeah for Neg- in- negligent manslaughter. So basically, yeah. like murder through forgetting to feed someone. Yeah, um, and seeing if he really is guilty of that or not through the exorcism of the fact because she was not eating, not taking care of herself, not drinking water or anything like that, and through not that is meds. yeah, and through that is how she died and was being considered neglected. And so you kind of already know the climax of what happens because they literally tell you like, "Hey, she's dead." That's yeah. like the first thing. Yeah, yeah. First, <laughs> first scene. First scene. At the beginning of the court trial, they even like show a picture of her like pre autopsy of like what she looked like on her last day. Yeah, and I don't hate any of that. Honestly, if I'm being honest, I don't hate any of that. I think the movie really falls apart in its final act for me. Yeah, I like the con. I actually do. I agree that I like the concept of telling a story of an exorcism, or just kind of generally the concept of telling a story through flashbacks in the actual court proceedings. I yeah. thought that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'll so I'll, this. I cleared some stuff up that I'll talk about later when I give <laughs> finals. I actually am kind of like super into court battles and court hearings, like okay. as a like narrative concept. Um, so I actually kind of really dug a lot of parts of this movie. Okay, just like because it's a, like a really interesting thing of seeing like, okay, yeah, that's an interesting idea. Like, how would that hold up in a court of law when you're talking about like, what is it negligent? to do something like an exorcism instead of actual medicine in a lot of this case. I think that's a really neat idea, and uh, hearing it is partially based off of a true story, I I imagine you'll tell me how much, if you know the answer to that. I do. I was going to say, I also know the story about that, too. So, it is technically, (laughs) in the most technical of terms, based off of a true story. The woman's name was Annalise Mikkel. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a young German woman who um, more or less suffered the same fate as the fictional Emily Rose in this movie. Uh, it, was, it happened in the 1970s, and there was a novel based on it, uh, based on around the court case of it, uh, The Exorcism of Annalise Mikkel. So it's, oh. it's kind of based on, it's more, they took a lot of the ideas from that book and what ended up happening to the actual person and turned that into this movie. So it is, in all technicalities, based on a true story, I guess. <laughs> um, in real life, what ended up happening is the parents were also tried for negligence, as well as the mm. two clergymen. And in real life, the clergymen were sentenced to six months in jail, which was suspended, actually. And then they had three years of probation. So they never really served any time in jail, actually. Um, yeah, which I think is kind of goes along with this movie as well, if we're being honest, of like, 
the doubt in everybody's mind. Right. Because that's ultimately the goal of what this movie is, is following the defense and seeing the backstories told from, like, the defense's point of view and, like, the people who are on the stand for the defense. And you see, like, a very dramatized version of the events and very, like, Dario Argento colors everywhere, mm-hmm. which the director said he was very much inspired by Dario Argento. And, like, a lot of pain glass kind of stuff going on and, like, weird camera angles. And then whenever it's the um, offense, what are they called? The, uh, the prosecutor. prosecutor. The prosecutor. It, it is the offense. <laughs> hey, you're technically not wrong. This right? isn't football. Yeah, well, I don't know about that either, so. <laughs> yeah, like, when it's the prosecutor. Can you imagine if that was actually how they did it in court? It was... All right, you're the defense. You're the <laughs> offense. Go. And it could be worse, but you're the protagonist. You're all right, the <laughs> yeah. antagonist. Go. People already act like lawyers are immediately good and prosecutors are immediately bad. I can't imagine if you literally said stuff like defense and offense. Yeah. That would... <laughs> the opposition. Yeah. <laughs> and the correct. <laughs> the correct and um the defense. I mean, the wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. What was I saying? <laughs> uh, the prosecutor yeah, yeah like the prosecutor. how when the prosecutor was telling the story it was a very more like, yeah it was like a very realistic very toned down very earthy colors like very realistic colors yeah. mm-hmm. in all the shots and kind of boring shots purposely so though mm-hmm. which works for it it's kind of almost like um seeing like this very creative photoshop photo and then yeah. seeing the behind the scenes of like what it looked like before they added everything yeah to it's it. kind of like one of those videos actually yeah where they added like more depth of color and then added a bush here and added a dragon in the background and things yeah. like that. Things you do in normal Photoshop. Yeah, 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 so yeah, 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 yeah. Everyday thing. It sure was boring. I'll that. <laughs> and so I like that like contrast between the two of those and how the arguments, honestly, the arguments mm-hmm. are the best part about this because I'm going to say whenever it's in the defense's corner. <laughs> yeah. Um, the scares are not scary in the least bit. None of them are. Like, I don't <laughs> think there's buildup for any of it, and, like, there's nothing that really happens. This is, like, a not even... A, I don't even see it as, like, a horror movie, almost. It's like a I, horror It's more movie. like a drama. I genuinely think they forgot that this was supposed to be a horror movie after, like, a third of the way through. Because, like, they do, like, all those scares, quote-unquote, at the yeah. start, and then they just forget about that. <laughs> they yeah. just are like, oh, no, it's actually just a court battle. It's true. And then later they swerve again. <laughs> but yeah. it's the idea of it that makes it a horror movie. I, <laughs> sure, maybe if I like, <laughs> was really like, yep, exorcisms. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like when this movie first came out and like they made that claim of like the scariest movie since The Exorcist, I had like high hopes of what the movie was going to be. And then like whenever I saw it, I was just super disappointed. Fair- fairly. Yeah. It should have been called The Trial of the Father. And then I would have liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. trying to prove whether or not he's guilty or not, which, to the movie's defense, again, it never tells you which one is correct. It kind of lets you Mostly, decide. Mostly. It, it heavily implies with <laughs> the words, the like, three paragraphs at the end, which one is correct. Yeah. Um, But it doesn't directly state it. It heavily implies, though. Yeah. I... Which is something that lawyers do a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I guess... Let's get into spoilers. Yeah. Anything we say here, I'll be warned there's going to be spoilers because I can't guarantee anything anybody says will be a spoiler or not. Because <laughs> it all kind of blends for me. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff the defense brings up is the tape. There's a tape that's brought up. Right. Um, 
from the a doctor that was there that was present during the actual exorcism event, which a lot of things are leading up to, like in the movie, what happened at the exorcism and whether they have proof or not. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's like, "Hey, I have this tape. The priest told me hang on to it. Uh, here you go. Your problem now. Goodbye." Yeah. Well, no, he's like, "I guess I'll help." Yeah, he he claims that he'll be on the stand for all of it and then present himself. I don't know any lawyer words. <laughs> <laughs> Testify. Testify. Thank you. Yeah. I am not great Bar at this. Bar exam. <laughs> <laughs> Pro um, bono. Pro bono? Yeah. Is that whenever I, iTunes puts the bono or the YouTube <laughs> thing on yeah. everyone's iPod? For <laughs> um, yeah, to testify. And so she's like, awesome, I have him to testify. I can back up all the things. Uh, let's listen to this tape. That's a little fucked up. And then, like, goes and talks to the priest because the whole time she's been arguing with the priest on whether or not he's going to get to testify for himself and be on the stand and present the case of... Emily Rose. Uh, yes, because that was her claim. That was the one thing that she wanted, apparently, from the priest was for her story to be told. Yeah. So that it could go on to let people know of the awareness of exorcisms. And being possessed? Well, just she wants people to know demons exist because she's super hardcore. Right. Catholic. Super Catholic. Yeah, yeah, super Catholic. Um, Which is silly. Like, that's, <laughs> that's a, a bad thing to have, like, the crux of an entire character's plot, I think, actually. She's the religious yeah. one. I don't know. Like, that's I've known so many people that, like, their entire personality is their religion. So, like, yeah. her being super hardcore Catholic and going to the Catholic college in Catholic town usa <laughs> to be fair after being born like in catholic city podunk <laughs> catholic city she takes catholic math she takes yeah. catholic <laughs> math. <laughs> take the devil out of the equation <laughs> does catholic science courses where you can't teach about science yeah. <laughs> actually we learn that the earth is only six thousand years old and yeah. that the devil hid dinosaurs. well that's bones. creationist of course literally but. in christian schools it's like they have to teach science because they have to curriculum wise. Yeah, and so they say this is all wrong, but but this is how it would have happened if it were real. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it's so fucked. But yeah, um, so yeah, yeah, they're just trying to fight for not even having to do it anymore. That's true. But yeah, back to the the Rose Emily mm-hmm. Rose exorcism of she um she wants her story to be told. So that's the priest's entire goal is just go into the stand and tell her story. And so we get the tape played, and you get to, while it's being played, you get to see the, from the priest's point of view of what happened at the exorcism, and it's fucking crazy. It's, I would say this is the best part of the movie. Yeah. Hands down. For sure. And you get to see the exorcism taking place, they're like tying her down, and she's kind of bloody and like weird and crazy yeah mostly she just has like crazy eyes all that stuff i mean it's more subdued like again the idea is it's supposed to be like oh is she possessed is she not Mm -hmm. like it's not going exorcism levels which i think is to the movie's uh benefit of course like i think if at this point in the movie it was like (laughs) going clear nah exorcism ghosts and devils are real yeah I mean, to be fair, the only time that it actually really does go into like a big hoo-ha about it, like makes it like a big and bombastic and everything, is whenever the priest is saying what happens during the recording. So you're kind of going off of his tale I mean, of what's happening. So like that's why you know snakes are falling on top of him and horses are kicking open doors and there's yeah. a giant storm outside while she speaks in all these multiple languages at the same time. Which like 
maybe it's because I don't really like this actress that much. I don't think she's very good, if I'm being honest. The one thing I know her the most from is Dexter. She oh, plays yeah. the sister in Dexter. And all I could think of is like, man, she's totally just making that face that she makes in every episode of Dexter, isn't she? Like, she just has that one face. Um, the one where there's a spider in her mouth and she shows you? Yeah, that face. That's the face. <laughs> so, a spider she, ring in her mouth. That was the worst scene in the whole movie. It's so it silly because really it's like just plastic bugs. <laughs> yeah. Like, they didn't even try to make it not look like plastic bugs. And cue scary violins. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so. I think the exorcism scene is the best, and also the part where the movie immediately goes downhill for me as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it's on a steady, flat surface through most of it, and then it starts getting, like, a little higher once it's really in the court stuff, and the exorcism happens. It hits its peak, and then it goes lower than it ever could possibly imagine, <laughs> I think, during the same exorcism scene, when she starts speaking the languages. When she's like, one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. And he's like, tell us. Tell us your six names. Who's in there? And starts naming yeah, off every like, famous demon. Yeah. I hate, I don't even like when movies say that it's actually Lucifer. Yeah. I like when they do like some weird, obscure, like powerful still demon, but yeah. like one you kind of like hereditary almost where you kind of, I was like, who the hell is this demon? But it is like a very powerful, obscure demon that's actually like revered and, you know, like, yeah. very scary. <laughs> yeah. But then there's, he's just like, yeah, he was like, I was there with Cain. I am. Every, he was like every the top ten yeah. list of all yeah. demons in the Bible. <laughs> they should have just fucking kept going. I'm Beelzebub. I'm just yeah, like, oh, like but so... I am also Jesus, <laughs> the Dark Jesus. <laughs> I am Shadow Jesus. <laughs> yeah, like it got too silly mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah, and that's when I checked out of the movie. If I'm being honest, like I think that's yeah. when. The movie, after curving from being a horror movie into a cool little court drama movie, <laughs> just went into Catholic propaganda. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I would uh, agree. Especially because again, like, if it didn't try to act like this was a one hundred percent real story that definitely happened, I probably wouldn't be as hard on it. Yeah, but like, it gets to this point, and then immediately it's like, nah, it was all real, fucking. 17 demons also the guy who's gonna testify hit by a goddamn car in not a street at (laughs) all dies in the back alley yeah like at the end of the the tape playing they like somebody comes in and like tells the defense lady and she like whispers like can we have a recess and everyone's like no 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 you've made this court wait she's like please please." (laughs) okay and then she like goes and meets up with the doctor guy and he's like yeah, I'm out. Sorry. Uh, demons are real. Like, freakily looks behind her and then just gets hit by a car in his yeah. mother. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> cars movie... just randomly go 65 miles an hour in back alleyways. In back alley yeah. Behind a court. Behind the courthouse. <laughs> I don't, like, because, again, it's one of the movie could have been way better if he just disappeared. I think that would have been a way more yeah. interesting thing. Like, oh, yeah. fuck, where, did he get, did he just run away? Was there, I mean, if the movie's already saying demons anyways, yeah. but, yeah. like, <laughs> Oh, what did he? He just disappeared. I wonder what happened. No, it's like, nah, he fucking lived and then got God's not deaded. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just completely destroyed by a car. And then at this point, the defense attorney's like, "Fuck my career. Yeah. I'm going to let the priest say whatever he wants." And he's like, "I got a letter." Also, that she super- totally wrote, and I totally didn't write when I was in prison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they would have. That's the only. They actually, I think, did a great job with the uh, like litigation scenes. Yeah, of, like 
they bring up arguing because of- I actually like sitting on a trial that I did. It was very. It was like they did the language correctly. Like they made objections like when they probably would like how they would in a court actual scenario yeah until they didn't ask about the writing (laughs) i thought that was i was like they would definitely be like and you didn't write this correct and we can (laughs) prove that with whatever handwriting but i mean that would get a handwriting expert in here to like yeah Mm -hmm. compare the two like even like especially before that even like because you know it's a big thing in a lot of court dramas where like actually encrypt super crazy evidence right now <laughs> like there's a lot of court dramas that do that and like you can't just do that in court no they but get... this movie was far as like actually we turned this in as soon as we had it it's in all our records now uh you can check your papers it's been documented yeah yeah um because like yeah yeah you're right a lot of court dramas are like and I have one more mystery thing, like pull it out of their back pocket, it's like a diamond from the heist. And yeah. like, what? I stole this. <laughs> <laughs> but look behind door number two. <laughs> it's the goat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I honestly do like all the court drama stuff, mm-hmm, and I think yeah. that it does that stuff pretty well. And I think a lot of characters get some fun monologues in there, yeah. which is what court dramas do best. Yeah, and, and it, it like actually is kind of funny in the right way sometimes. Like when she's like revealing the guest and the guy's like objection she's like i've brought this up already it's in the list of updated uh people going to give testimonies you could see like on the on the Prosecutor. prosecutors one of them looking at the sheet yeah. for the updated name and he like closes it yeah like, no. like oh no, the yeah. other guy's like shut up shut up <laughs> it's like funny. yeah that part's pretty good uh but, but like this is definitely the height before it does just kind of turn into or just Catholic jumps off prop- the cliff. Yeah, it's just kind of Catholic propaganda after that. Yeah, because once the letter starts getting read, it's like all supposed to be from her point of view, and she like the priest literally says she's a fucking saint. Yeah, he's like she's definitely gonna be a saint, and the letter's like I saw Mother Mary, and she was like, "Yo, shit's whack. You can either come with me now or suffer." So, oh, you choose suffer? Oh, okay. And I don't then- know why you chose that. Terrible choice. I said it when it happened. I was like, I don't know why you would do and that. It's like, <laughs> it's it's super subtle symbolism, guys. I don't know if you'll catch it. She then looks at her hands, and there's blood like Jesus. What? I know. It's like a blink, and you miss it if you blinked for two minutes. Yeah, if you fell asleep at this point, actually. <laughs> Which I almost did. Uh, and it's like... I mean, again, at least, like, the prosecutor does get a good rebuttal at this point about it, too, where he's like, actually, she probably just grabbed barbed wire. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's barbed wire. And everywhere. kicked barbed wire. Yeah. She would have to, because it was on her feet as well. Yeah. And then, like, the thing that I like about this is that, like, I'm actually on the prosecutor's side. Like, everything seems completely reasonable from his side of point of view. Yeah. Like, I think, I don't know, it's an interesting one, especially because, like, it, it does remind me a lot of a fun... Funny, it's kind of inverse of what the argument is here, where there was a big court case about being able to teach evolution in schools. Mm-hmm. And it actually reminds me a lot of that court case and also the like dramatization of that court case. <laughs> um, I don't remember the name of it, but like, uh, it basically is a similar thing where it's like arguing faith instead of the actual arguments that are made in court. Oh, good. Um, yeah, that's that's what this argument ends up coming to being at the end of it. Yeah. Too. yeah. But, like, that one was good. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of that. And this one's interesting in, like, how it's, like, is it really negligence if both, if, like, basically every party involved thought that that was the best solution and what was happening before wasn't working? And, like, it's similar stuff like that. I think that's an interesting Which is a good question. Thing. 
Because it wasn't like the argument at like they presented in this as if it is about faith, but it really isn't. It's like, is this truly negligence? Yeah. Because like that is a very important question to ask in cases like this. Yeah. Which I think is probably the best part of the court case part is like their final statements, which is every court case thing, like their final statements are always mm. super dramatic. But the fact that she's like, this isn't like about whether you believe that he was negligent or not. It's about whether you believe believing that you're doing the right thing is negligent. And like, not whether yeah. like he was in the wrong, he was probably in the wrong here, but did he think it was probably not? Right. Like <laughs> no one else thought it either. Like, that was the whole I thing. Don't know. I honestly very much don't like her final argument. I, it's, literally, it's just, I'm on page if? with you. She's literally like, what if we discard the facts in a court of law? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see how Cause that like, goes. Yeah, well, cause the other guy's like, you got to look at the facts of the matter, which is that he was negligent. And she's like, what if you look at the possibilities of the matter <laughs> yeah, that it wasn't? What if we don't do what we're supposed to do in a court of law, huh? Like, huh? I mean, to be fair, that is something that they kind of do in court. It's like, because um, he has to be tried beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, like, basically what she's saying with that is, like, is he guilty? Probably, but not probably enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's literally her closing. That's yeah. what I heard, I well, think, like, as I was dozing off. <laughs> I don't Like, my issue is just, like, I think she had way stronger arguments during the entire court case. Yeah. And then at the end, she was like, maybe not. Yeah. It's like, if I were you guys, I wouldn't know. So, I mean, maybe I don't, I don't believe know. in God, but maybe I do, maybe I don't. But if I didn't, maybe did not. Uh, what if? So, it's up to you. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's like a thing, because she already had a very compelling argument of, like, is it really negligence if everyone involved does think this is the proper solution and everything yeah. be- prior <laughs> wasn't working? <laughs> but she no, she's just like, but possibilities. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like that's that's where it really sucks because then the movie's like, hey jurors, what do you think? Uh, guilty. And then like the prosecutor's like, yeah, we did it. All right, we'll meet back here again for a no, no, no. Judge, can we make a recommendation? And, like, this one just goes off into complete fucking fiction land at this point. <laughs> yeah. And, like, can we say time served? Um, fuck it. Sure, yeah, time served. You're free to go. You did it, but leave. Yay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so fucking awful. At, literally, <laughs> I hated the movie so much. At the point when they start saying the devil names, I fucking mm. fell off hard. Uh, mm. I know, like it. I again, it's because it's it turns into Catholic propaganda. Is the issue like? Yeah, it could have easily been a lot stronger if it just like at this point was like he's guilty. Like yeah. he got, but he got to do what he wanted to do. He told her story, and maybe some of the people in the jury were believing him. And he's in all the newspapers and all the court cases, like. Even like it even already acts like he was put in jail anyways. Yeah, he was. Like, well, I just because like the immediately the next thing is like the head of the lawyer firm, um, <laughs> is like, hey, everyone says this is a victory for us anyways. Yeah. Hey, the church is happy, so uh, you get you get the thing you wanted, and then she doesn't want it anymore. Like, I didn't want it. After all, I wanted to Jesus, and I, I called that in real time during the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, she's going to say no, and then she's like, you can keep it. <laughs> Bar tap, make him pay for my martini. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want another dry martini, and then he just like opens up the Kool-Aid package. He's like, Shh. 
The most interesting thing I learned this movie throughout the whole time watching it was what's in a dry martini. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I had to explain to you guys how a dry martini's made. Yeah, because yeah, there was that, and I made the joke that she... Because she didn't drink the martini when she ordered it. <laughs> yeah, she no. So I made it. the joke that it's going to go wet. Yeah. <laughs> and Robbie was saying he just imagined if I write a movie... And when someone asks for a dry martini, you just see him in the back getting like a powder keg. Yeah, <laughs> pouring powder into it. <laughs> I uh, think I think we can get into final thoughts on this one. Sure. Yeah, there's yeah. not a lot to say about this I movie mean, if we're real. The only thing, other thing that I was going to add on to it is like the actual case, the one that this is loosely based off of, but uh-huh. it tries to make it seem like it's the real deal. Yeah. Um, is um, I guess the funny thing about it is it happened. Um, it started in 1968, and it went on for months at a time. And this actually was one of the books that, um, weirdly enough, did inspire The Exorcist, the actual case. And there are audio tapes of it, because uh, like the whole of them bringing out one audio tape is also very much fictionalized, because they actually brought out 40 hours worth of audio tape uh, dealing with this exorcism, some of which you can find on YouTube now Ooh. of it dealing with it, which mostly just sounds like priests yelling at a woman who's kind of sick of dealing with priests. <laughs> Get out of my house. The demon's inside of her. It's like, I'm literally fine. Get out. <laughs> she it was more help. like, it's like, I can exercise you right now, demon. Yeah, but it'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> it's stuff like that. Cause I remember when this movie came out, like the whole based on a true story was like a whole big thing. And so yeah. like I did the, my own research about it and turned, found out. Yeah, it was based off of, or like parts of it were based off of something that did happen back in the 60s. You can even say, based on a true story, if in the credits of your movie, you say it's not. Yeah. Because that's what Fargo did. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, it just reminds because I don't remember what channel. There's that show, Fact or Fiction. Oh, yeah. And half the time, the facts are facts because it's also based on a true story. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's one where it's like a jug was like, a milk jug was just randomly shaking all the time. And like when they went to return it, the uh, farmer was like passed out and about to die, but he was saved because they came. And I was like, that's a real story. That happened. It's like, (laughs) no, it didn't. (laughs) There's no way. (laughs) I mean, something that Dion brought up, which I end up getting uh, all fussy, fussy about is another movie that came out roughly around the same time, the fourth kind. Oh, yeah. And how that was based off real events, and they used, like, real footage, and it turns out, like, the real footage was actually also forged with a- with other actors. Yeah. That so made me so mad. When I yeah. watched the movie, I was like, why would you go to the lengths? Yeah. Why don't you just make a cool alien movie with what you had already? Why yeah. do you have to make a fake uh, true story for your movie? So I would dumb. do so stupid. If I, I would want to do something similar to that where I'm, like, based off a true story, and it's, like, this random animated Disney film, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Like, can you believe this really happened? Yeah, it's like, man, I wonder where those talking animals are. I didn't realize there were so many unicorns in New York. Yeah. <laughs> like, base it off, like, make this really huge fanatical world or something like that and, like, have it at the very end be the dream of a guy in a coma. And, like, oh, yeah, this guy was, this is a real guy who was in a coma. Is that his dream? <laughs> who knows? No, it's just, it's based off a true story. Where's yeah. fairy tales? That's true. It exists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. fairy tales do mm. exist. It is a true world story. It is a true world story. Mm-hmm. It exists. But yeah, I think this was around the time that like people started to question the whole based off a true story thing because they started getting really fanatical about it. Yeah. But um, final thoughts here. Well, one last thing is a behind the scenes thing that I think is kind of silly and fun is all of the jury weren't given scripts. They were literally <laughs> just told to react and listen to the case. And at the end of it, the director like did a survey on them and half said that he was guilty and half said he wasn't. Nice. So if it were an actual jury, it would have been a hung jury. 
Oh. That's amazing. <laughs> cool. um, but yeah, let's get into final thoughts. Let's start with Robbie on this one. Okay. So, like, the court drama stuff actually is pretty cool in this. Like, it is, it is very well acted and very well done with, like, a lot of the court drama. Uh, I will say Tom Wilkinson, the guy who played the priest, did a very good job of, like, having a lot of depth and a lot of character and, like, being very serious about this very serious thing. And, like, yeah. you know, he did very well with his case. The uh, Most of the actors did a pretty decent job. There were some silly moments that were supposed to be scary, quote-unquote, but they were just dumb. Um, I think that, like, there are some good of this movie, but there's a lot of really dumb things, too. And I remember saying at the very beginning, or, like, even whenever I first got here to watch the movie, like, like, oh, one of them is a good horror. Or one's, one of them is a good exorcism movie. One of them is crap to Liz. And I have to redact my statement a little bit because this movie is aggressively okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Because I, I said there is some high moments like the court cases and everything. And then like the start of the exorcism is cool, like you said. And then just like when she does like the whole, and I am Lucifer, yeah. the devil in the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's just dumb. And like so there's some high moments, but some really low moments. So. To be nice to the film, I'll give it a 5 out of 10. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dion? Uh, if this was like a actual leaned into the court drama, it'd probably have been a better movie. If they took out all of like the trying to scare you scares, yeah. that didn't ever, no, none of them were at all scary. Some of them were just comical. Yeah. So I was just laughing at it, and I was like, why do they even put this in? <laughs> and then... It, because, yeah, the court scenes were acted very well, I think. That that was, like, the best part of the movie. Everything else, I was just kind of bored. Like, the whole, everything, it just felt like it dragged. Like, the movie, from start to end, felt boring to me. Like, nothing, I didn't care about anything that was happening. And there's good scenes in the courtroom. So, I think that's the strong point, if they leaned into the court yeah. ordeal of it and made it, like, more of a trial movie, like a drama. I think I would have liked it more and got rid of the horror stuff. Because it... it fails miserably at trying to do anything horror or scary at all <laughs> so um, <laughs> i just thought it was funny and uh yeah i kind of am on the same boat i think it was not terrible it's okay it was like i mean i was extremely bored so <laughs> you're okay <with> that. <laughs> um it didn't do much for me there was nothing like exciting i feel like really the whole time i watched it and mm. it felt just kind of heartless as a move, if it like just kind of threw horror in there to get horror fans or something, like yeah, felt that way. It was weird. So I don't know. I think it was just kind of two genres like sloppily meshed together. Um, but yeah, I'm, I would give it also a five out of ten. It was just mediocre. Okay, uh, I'll go next. I'll give you the last word on this one. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I totally agree with you guys. It is super okay. Uh, I like the core stuff a lot. I just like monologues and people arguing and like having that confrontation in movies. I just think that's really fun and interesting to have that. And courtrooms are just a perfect place for that thing to happen. So it works really well. So the court stuff when this is happening, phenomenal. Everything else is just so fucking dull. It's just so nothing. Like the only supernatural thing that I liked at all was the beginning of the exorcism. And they botched that almost immediately <laughs> for me. So... I don't know. There's like nothing. I like I said. I wish that the third Conjuring movie was more like this, and because I think that the director could have actually made some good scares along with making a cool court thing. Mm-hmm. I think he was maybe capable of that. I think the creators of this were super competent. Yeah, but not incredible in any way. 
So I agree with you guys. It's a five. Just a lot of agreeing. Yeah, must agree <laughs> yeah. on this one. <laughs> like I said, aggressively okay. Yeah. What do you think, E? Um, I think this is actually just three movies conflicting with one another. <laughs> These are three movies hiding in a trench coat. Well, yeah, kind of like I I talked about it earlier, but like it really feels like they started with a horror movie, gave up on making a horror movie and just started making a court drama, and then gave up making the court drama and just started making Catholic propaganda movies. <laughs> like, but like there's like a point you can pinpoint each thing where they've just decide to drop the last thing they were talking about because like yeah after they they basically do like the big scares when it's like oh this was her at when she was at the college and then she went home and then they just stopped trying to be scary yeah and then they do all the court stuff and then basically as soon as they bring in the doctor to be like no there's demons i don't want to like it's just like nah it's actually propaganda now i think you're right yeah like, I think this needed another pass in the writing room, quite frankly. I think they should have just dropped the horror thing entirely. I know it's supposed to be a horror movie, ultimately, but I think if you just drop that, it would be way better and probably drop the Catholic propaganda thing. But um, So you just want an episode of Law & Order? Maybe, but like as a movie, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't want to watch Law & Order, but I do actually like like court dramas. Like, like Ace Attorney? Yeah, Ace Attorney, Harvey Birdman. I know that one's way more comedic, obviously, but like, <laughs> Harvey Birdman. Um, I mean, like cartoons I grew up with always had like an episode that was court, basically. SpongeBob's yeah. one that always popped out in my mind. <laughs> um, yeah. So maybe I just wanted a court drama instead, yeah. and yeah. I think the concept of the court drama was just interesting enough for me to like really <laughs> want something from it. Yeah. But they kind of drop the ball hard like eight times. <laughs> they just keep <laughs> dropping it. Yeah. They like it it's like they have a carton of eggs and by the time the movie's done they have three eggs left. <laughs> <laughs> I would just, that's that's how I would describe the movie. Three like, eggs left. I like that description. <laughs> You'd be disappointed to hear about the box office of this movie. A hundred and seven million dollars. Close. It's actually hundred and fifty three million. Damn. That's pretty close actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the closest I'll ever get on a box office. <laughs> yeah, it's like, despite how aggressively okay this movie is because of the Catholic propaganda in it, it did very well and is very well received. I mean, that's well a received. lot of stuff. Like, I, I brought up it being, like, God's Not Dead with a lot of the things. It really does feel like a God's Not Dead movie towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Like, it does. And I don't know. It's It's hard to, like really lamp on a ton of it because it's not like it does a lot of things okay is ultimately what it is and yeah. i just like i'm still kind of a sucker for court dramas <laughs> ultimately um okay. maybe i just need to play another ace attorney game yeah, maybe you're just fainting <laughs> <laughs> uh but um i don't know five five seems fine maybe a six on a good day for me but five seems fine <laughs> okay so you liked it more than the exorcist i did can't believe you. By a little bit, and mostly just because I got bored for The Exorcist. So if there was one court case I in th The Exorcist. <laughs> oh, we would have had you. Uh, here's, like, my official stance. I liked this movie more than The Exorcist. I don't think this is a better movie than The Exorcist. I just liked it more. Okay. I I can live with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, The Exorcist... And basically, every way was a better made movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I just like this being a court drama probably did bring it up more than it needed to be. I guess one funny thing about that, because we were saying that The Exorcist was $11 million. I think this one was 17 or $19 million, which shows you how much further that much money went in the 70s compared to 2005 when this came out. Yeah. yeah. What I learned is you always get possessed if you own a piano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seems about fair. Never buying a piano. Though. You make a good point. <laughs> oh, man. I, oh shit! They have a piano in Conjuring. Oh no! Oh fuck! It's, a th- it's really the pianos this whole time. <laughs> Mario sixty four was teaching us something this whole time. <gasps> oh yeah, I forgot the booze. <laughs> oh, weird. Oh man. But, anyway, um, yeah, that's that's mostly my thing. Also, I'll just throw this out there. I don't think either of these movies are very scary. I had a dream last night that was much mm. more scary than this, and I I was thoroughly let down by how unscared I was today. Mm. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, well, on that note, E, if people want to get a hold of us, where can they do that? You can get us at our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash L-O-I-P. That gives you the link to all our social medias and listen medias. We also have an email, the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Send us your ghosts. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, Robbie, get yeah. us out of here. So, if you're out and about, be kind to one another. Make sure to stay safe. Stay six feet apart. Remember to wear a mask. Wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. Get vaccinated if you can. But if not, make sure to stay home, stay alone, stay alive. And whether this is the very first time you've listened to us or you've been with us since the very beginning, thank you for listening. Yes, thank you so much. And thank you guys. Thank you, E. Yeah. Thank you, Robbie. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dion. Always. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Everybody out there, be safe. Have a great week. We'll be back next week with another double feature that will spoof my pants. That's what I'm hoping. That's the goal oh, no. now. I <laughs> want it. to spook the I should have the said e. I wasn't scared. I should be like, I was quaking in my Quaker's oats today. <laughs> uh, that's my goal next week. I want to spook the E. All right. Well, so, bye. 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 <laughs> bye.